0: We're live. Live. <laughs> all right. All right. Oh, that's the wrong one. We need to go back to this one. Okay. So, abandoning all hope. Right. Right. Sexy. Sexy. Sexy, sexy, abandoning all hope. Take that hope and abandon it. Uh. We're abandoning all our hope. Uh, uh, uh. So, if you're watching this video, it's entitled, Abandon All Hope. What does that even mean? What are we even talking about? Why would I want to abandon all my hope? Well, we're going to get into that, folks. We're going to get into that. So, there is a book that I'm going to read from Entitled When Things Fall Apart By Pema Children. Pema Children was a student of Shogim Trumpa, Who if you've known me for more than a week you, I'm sure you have heard me mention Shogim Trumpa. Anyways, I've been reading through this book And this chapter Hopelessness and Death Ooh, child Really, uh, really went home really, uh, really got in there so we're going to, I'm going to read from it. We're going to talk about it because as much as smiling at fear, which is the other side of the coin, hope is one side, folks. Fear is the other side. Same coin, yin and yang. You got to stay in the middle, okay? You got to stay in the fucking middle. So, um, you know, kind of, first of all, I feel like fear gets a lot of undo, not undo, but I feel like it takes a lot of brunt of the blame, right? It's like, ah, it's my fears, ah, you know. But hope, hope does a lot of damage too. We're going to get into the damage hope does, um, and we're going to break down why hope is not your friend. Um, But anyways, so I'm going to read from this chapter. We'll go by piece by piece, and we'll just keep it rolling until I'm tired of talking, and I want to go eat dinner. All right? So... Get ready. All right, so I'm going to read from, I'm trying to think of the best way to do this. Okay, so Chapter 7, Hopelessness and Death. What an, what an inspiring chapter name. Okay. Turning your mind toward the Dharma does not bring security or confirmation. Turning your mind toward the Dharma does not bring any ground to stand on. In fact, when your mind turns toward the Dharma, you fearlessly acknowledge impermanence impermanence and change. You begin to get the knack of hopelessness. In Tibetan, there's an interesting word ye tang chi. The ye part means totally completely and the rest rest of it means exhausted. Altogether yang tang Che means totally tired out. We might say totally fed up. It describes an experience of complete hopelessness, of completely giving up hope. This is an important point. This is the beginning of the beginning. Without giving up hope, that there's some somewhere better to be that there's somewhere be, there that there's some someone better to be we'll never relax with who where we are or who we are we could say that the word mindfulness is pointing to being one with our experience not disassociating, being right there when our hand touches the doorknob or the telephone rings or feelings of all kinds arise the word mindfulness describes being right where we are yang tang che however is not easily digested expresses the renunciation that's essential for the spiritual path. To think that we can finally get it all together is unrealistic. To seek for some lasting security is futile. To undo our very ancient and very stuck habitual patterns of mind requires that we begin to turn around some of the most basic assumptions. Believing in a solid, separate self, continuing to seek pleasure and avoid pain, thinking that someone out there is to blame for our pain, One has to totally get fed up with these ways of thinking. One has to give up hope that this way of thinking will bring us satisfaction. Suffering begins to dissolve when we can question the belief or the hope that there's there's anywhere to hide. Hopelessness means that we no longer have the spirit for holding our trip together. We may still want to hold our trip together. We long to have reliable, comfortable ground under our feet. But we've tried a thousand ways to hide and a 1,000 ways to tie up all loose ends, and the ground just keeps moving under us. Trying to get lasting security teaches us a lot because if we never try to do it, we never notice that it can't be done. Turning our minds towards the Dharma speeds up the process of discovery. At every turn, we realize once again that it's completely hopeless. We can't get any ground under our feet. So I'll stop there. So when you hear the word hopeless, right what comes to mind when you think of hopeless ah this is hopeless right it's usually a very negative connotation and that's you know and this is probably like the third time i read this guy read it and i read it for somebody so i'm going to read it again so i'm i'm even further getting more and more insights as i read through this pat this chapter anyways so when we normally think of hopeless right or hopelessness it's like ah those poor people, those poor bastards, they're in a hopeless situation, right? It's usually all negative, right? Has there been a time in your life, assuming that you are not a devout Buddhist who is following a certain path where you've heard someone use hopeless in a positive way? I highly doubt it, right? So in this situation, we're using hopeless to mean that it's like, yo, We're giving up the normal way of looking at the world, right? And that's what she kind of mentions in that line where she says um, one has to to give up hope that this way of thinking will bring satisfaction, right? Because normally we're like, yo, this is how my great-grandfather thought. This is how my grandfather thought. This is how my father thought. This is how I'm going to think. All these toxic ways of thinking, you know? This is just the way we've been conditioned and trained of dealing with our reality, dealing with this matrix, right? But in many traditions, Buddhism being one of one of them, you got to just er, back the fuck up and look at the most basic thing, and most likely that most basic thing you have to look at, if not completely reversed, you have to look at it from a different perception, a different perspective, because the the perspective that's out there in the the mainstream culture of well, this happens, this is how this is how you want to do it. When this situation happens, this is what you want to think about. You want to do this, you want to do that, right? That shits so backwards lots of times, most of the time, right? It's like that uh, Samuel Clemens, aka Mark Twain quote, where one of my favorite quotes where he says, if you find yourself on the side of the majority, it's a good time to sit down and reflect, right? Meaning if like you're going with the trends, it's like, who are you? What are you doing? What are you doing with your life? Going with trends? Ugh, ugh. So the hopelessness we're referring to is the reversal of normally how we interact with the world, how we think about the world, how we emote connected to our world, how we psychologically process the world, right? Because it's a lot on ah fear run away from fear oh but hope oh balloon like think of think of fear here's something i thought of recently think of fear as a shackle but hope as a balloon but you don't want to be shackled and you don't want to be floating in the air you don't be walking around free to do whatever the fuck you want because if you're floating in the aware connected to balloon, what control do you have? You don't have any control. You're, fl- you're at the mercy of that balloon. If that balloon wants to pop, and it will, in permanence, that, you are you gonna fall to the ground? You don't have wings, remember? Remember? So, you wanna be unchained by the fear, but also you don't wanna be buoyed y- yourself up with the hope. And I feel like, going back to what I was saying in the beginning, Feel like fear gets more of the more of the criticism than hope does. Hope is like, oh, hope, oh, I hope you have a good day. Like I don't even say that shit anymore to people, because now I just say, how are you? I don't, like I hope you're having a good day. What the fuck does that mean? Okay. <laughs> if they're not having a great day, then it's like you know. Because I've thought about it like this: if someone's not having a great day, you say, I hope you're having a good day. It's like, ah. i'm a piece of shit i'm not having a good day ah you know or whatever but i just feel it's such a dumb thing to say i hope you're having a good day i hope you're doing well i mean i get it i get why we say it and i someone sent an email to me earlier today it's nothing against that person right but i'm i'm just going after the the mindset of what does that even mean i hope you're doing well okay i mean you know i mean someone's like i say i hope you're doing shitty right? But isn't that implied? Unless someone hates you for whatever reason, why would I would, I would assume that they would want the best for you, you know? So just, I don't know, it's a whole weird thing with hope. So anyways, get back on the course. So, you know, and just breaking down hope, you know, it's something that kind of buoys us up in a certain way. And that buoying and floating and lifting up, what does that lead to, folks? Ooh, disappointments. Dun, dun, dun. The most important D word, right? It leads to disappointments because things aren't going to turn out like you envision them. Oh, I hope that, you know, by next year I've gotten my whatever. What It doesn't even matter what it is, right? In our mind, we create this reality, right? In our minds, we're not talking about right in front of us in the present moment. We're talking about in our mind. We create this reality of this is what I want, this is what I want to do, this is what I'm hoping for, this is what I hope happens, right? We create all these things. We do it all day long. Oh, look at that guy. I wish he was my husband. Oh, man, I hope I could fight a, a wonderful man or a woman. Or, you know, We can go down the line, right? Any, any, we can go down the line and talk about the things we hope for in a day, in a week, in a month, in a year, You know, over 10 years, et cetera, et cetera. Um, But the problem is it's disconnected from reality, right? Now, if that same person, right? I ran into a young, young, youngly, youngly, a lovely, long, a lovely young woman when I was out walking downtown Hartford for lunch earlier. And, you know, after the interaction, we did the uh, old sidewalk tango when it's like someone starts going this way. Right. And then it's like, oh, they're moving. And like you, it's like you keep, yeah, you just do that tango on the sidewalk. Right. And she laughed and she had a lovely smile. And, you know, that that was that. Right. You know, but afterwards, I was, like, oh, I should have I should have flirted with her. I should have given her my number, blah, 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 blah. Right. Because I was operating on a hope. I hope that she's single, that she's interested in me. That, oh, she likes my smile too. Oh, she wants to go on a date, right? These were all hopes. And not that I necessarily articulate these hopes in this, you know, probably 20 seconds after this interaction that I had. But they were the underlying layers of what I was thinking about. Hold on, folks. I got to do something. Is that? mm, it's, It's saying my encoding is overloading. Let's hold on. Hold on. I got to check things out because I don't want... I don't want poor encoding on my videos. That's not what I want. Um, hmm. Okay, here's what we're going to do, folks. T for timeout for two seconds. While I can... Um, while I can... Um, I don't think it's the... Um, Yeah, I don't know what it is, but I'm going to... Encoding overload. Consider turning down video settings or using faster encoder. I've literally... This is the exact same settings I've used all every every time when I've done this. So I don't know why it's having an issue. But if you'll bear with me, I'm going to go plug in something. And hopefully this will solve the issue. All right, all right. Back to abandoning all your hopes, folks. I don't know why that encoding is overloading. Get it together, encoder. (laughs) I pay you good money to not be overloaded. Anyways, ooh, a.k.a. Cloudat. They couldn't hang. A.k.a. Cloudat, you uh, came at the wrong time. I was plugging things in. So, you know, there's that. Anyways, back to abandoning all your hope. So... So, yeah, so we have all these hopes that are always floating around in addition to our fears, right? But I feel like, at least for me, it's a little bit easier to deal with the hopes or deal with the fears, right? And smiling at the fears and also, you know, kind of recognizing your fears and how they hold you back. See, because it's like hope doesn't necessarily hold you back. It does in a certain sense, but it doesn't necessarily hold you back from doing things. But on the way to doing things, it just creates or it sets up the stage for disappointment, right? Because disappointment is based on your expectations. Your expectations are like, oh, well, I want to get a, an A on my calculus midterm, right? That's that's the expectation, right? Whether it's it's something you've literally said out loud or just something, you know, more vague, right? So if you get a B minus, still a passing grade. But you had an expectation, and then you, uh, you're disappointed because you didn't meet that expectation. And that was all set up by your wonderful friend, Hope. And this is the issue. This is why we need to abandon our hopes. So as we process our hopes, we need to like understand, well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. What, what is this hope doing for me? What, what is this hope even doing for me? How does How does me having this hope that this happened or that this other thing happens even benefit my life? And it's, and it's interesting because the more I've thought about this over the past few days, the more I've realized that the, the space that one wants to be in is where you are unchained from the fear, but also you're not holding on to the hope balloon. You're just walking about. You're just walking around. Hmm. I'm really confused about these uh, these things. Um, <laughs> these encoding issues. Um, and I don't know how to do it while I'm... Th- I, I, this is very strange. I don't know why it's having an issue, folks. But I'll just keep going. And if it freezes for a moment, then it is what it is. Anyways. So, understanding how these hope man hope is manifest in our life right the fears I feel like fears are a little bit easier to track down right they're a little bit easier to track down our fears and kind of how they show up and kind of how they can chain us from going in a certain direction or keep us kind of not moving in a certain direction but the hopes since hopes are given more of a pass it's a little bit more difficult to root those out because hope is like fear negative hope positive Right? But it doesn't work like that, folks. It doesn't work like that. Because think about it like this. When was the time you were most disappointed in your life? Okay. You got that. Now, I would wager that that was not connected to a fear. That was connected to a hope. Right? Use this example. Get married. Right? Oh, He's this great guy. I was, watching, I was watching. I was reading this article where people shared just the moment you knew your marriage dissolved, or your marriage was like that was it, right? So it was very insightful. Just hearing people's um, kind of explanation, kind of ha- what what kind of sparked their awareness to realize, like, yeah, this ain't it. I I I need to leave this this arrangement immediately, right? And so. It was just very interesting to, to to hear what people were saying, especially the ones who would talk about, "Oh yeah, like before we got married, they were like this. Shit was cool, right? Then it's like after we got married, he started doing this or he didn't do that, and like he was a completely different person." So, I think often in relationships, people stay. I mean, I think it's both. It could be fear and the hope. Where the fear of I'm not going to find a partner again. I, you know, I can't, I can't deal with the breakup. You know, there's so many fears really to leaving a relationship, right? So we need to get into all that, right? We can figure that out. Uh, but then the hope is like, well, maybe they'll get better. Maybe they'll stop yelling at me at dinner. Maybe they'll uh, stop cheating on me. Maybe they'll, these are all hopes. Maybe they'll, um, you know, stop using my... uh this is a real thing that a woman wrote. Stop using my uh, corporate uh, corporate expense card to pay for cam girl shows. While they like had left it at home while they were at work, I was like, Jesus, that nigga did not give. He gave negative fucks. Like, did he? Was he trying to leave? And that was like his like, okay, I know she'll leave me if I do this. Cause like, goddamn, like. I don't even know how to like wrap my head around that one, but, um, but, uh, but yeah, you know, we, we build up all these hopes about relationships, about ourselves. Ooh, I hope to be, you know, I want to be a wonderful actress by the age of 25. I want to be the best coffee maker in the St. Louis area by the time I am 22. Right. And no one's saying don't have goals, people. No one's saying, you know, this is a nihilistic sort of speech about like, oh, well, this all this shit's fucked. What are you having hopes for? What's wrong with you people having hopes? Like, ah, this shit's fucked. Like, just go sit in the corner, right? This is not that speech. This speech is recognizing the damage having hope has on our psyche on our emotions on our experience because it does do damage and we need to be honest about this we need to be honest about the disappointments that have come from hope right we need to be very honest about that this isn't just me saying this think about your own life think about all the hopes you've had and all those balloons that burst and how you felt after those balloon bursts yeah sure i'm sure you know a broken clock is, right, two times a day, right? There's plenty of hopes that, like, oh, I hope I win this scratch-up. <gasps> and then he won the scratch-off for $25. Oh, great. Oh, hope hope wins, you know? Um, there's, you know, I mean, we have so many hopes all the time because, again, we're, like, sort of trained to have hopes, especially in this Matrix Malkuth society, right? You know, and we're, we'll get into that in a little bit about how – the hope machine kind of keeps us keeps us buying in, keeps us coming back for more. Even if we know and we presented evidence that, like, oh, all this shit is bullshit, hope keeps us coming back. Hope keeps us coming back for more. Mm-mm-mm. Even if, like, the meal we're being served is shit, not even like it's not a good meal, it's, like, literally actual shit, and the previous meal was shit and the meal before that was shit, but you know what keeps us coming back, folks? Hope. Because it's not the fear. The fear doesn't keep us coming back. What keeps us coming back? The hope. The hope that things are going to get better. Hope that things are going to change. Hope, 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 hope. Right? I have this moment now where it's like when I'm thinking about things where I kind of get below the layer and i'm like oh yeah that was a lot of hopes there that was all hopes i was just stirring up i was stirring up my conscience like yeah you know like when i do this video like you know you know if like you know i get like 10 likes that'd be cool right i don't necessarily think like that especially with videos about any sort of wisdom or knowledge like i don't i don't i give zero fucks how many people see it because it's it's more about the information than you know i'm not necessarily trying to build a fucking occult science brands you know I don't care about viewers for that so I'm just getting the information out there I find this information very insightful very powerful very profound hmm, let me share it with the world right but even further I'm like no I don't like at the very least it's like I want to just talk about Abandoning Hope because I think it's a very fun topic you know at the at, you know so so just man Hope is like, it's like a a sexy, a sexy person, sexy man or a woman who is like, ooh, hey, is that Hope? Oh, yeah. Oh, Hope's got a new outfit, right? But deep down, they're a serial killer. That's what Hope is. Fear is like, you know, fear, it's like, oh, they're like a a grizzly old hermit, right? No one's like going on dates with fear. They're like, oh, oh, get out of here, fear, right? It's like, oh. Gross, right? But hope, it's, a, ooh, yeah. Oh, hope is sexy, right? And then we go on a date, and then, ah! We get stabbed in the heart by hope. And it seems dramatic. Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me you haven't been disappointed over and over again in your life by hope, right? By Not even by hope, because that would be an out. That would be blaming hope by you. You creating the hope. You falling into the trap of the hope. You accepting the reality that hope created because no one said you have to believe like oh yeah I these hopes like oh you know no one said you have to believe your hopes your dreams and this is and i i'm sort of laughing because this is just a funny conversation to have or right, this is just a funny topic to pontificate about because it's like abandon all hope it's just it seems so extreme it just seems so extreme but And these times, extreme is sometimes what we need, folks. We need to do things reverse. We need to do things extreme. We need to do things backwards from how typically we are told to go about dealing with our existence. And we need to try it out. Abandon hope for a week. See how you feel. Because, listen, not that I was, like, fully on the hope balloon, but it was, like, you know, are still out there. You know, I, I've been dealing with the smile at fear for for a while, right? That concept about like, ooh, oh, fear? Ooh, let's smile at it and run right at it, right? And recognizing these fears when they come up and just getting closer to them, not moving further away, right? So I've been I've been working with that, which that's a Chogim Trump book in and of itself called Smile at Fear. So I've been working with that, but the hope, the hope part of it, I'm sure it's been brought up in other books, I'm sure I've read it other places, but... Didn't really give it much thoughts, right? Because like, oh yeah, we need to we need to work on these fears. These fears are the the big issue. These they're holding me back, right? Which is it's true to the extent, right? That's why we want to smile at fear. We're going to be like, hey, what's up, fear? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, we could be we could be friends with fear, right? Even though there are grisly old hermits living in the woods in a van, or maybe just in a tent, or maybe just. Out there, all all natural, just laying down on the ground. The point is, folks, um, hope unduly gets a pass. Because, again, society has us just hopped up on hope. Almost addicted to hope, you could say. So I'm going to read more from lovely Pema. And we're going to keep going because she gets into that addiction. Okay. Okay. So the difference between theism and non-theism is not whether one does or does not believe in God. It is an issue that applies to everyone, including both Buddhists and non-Buddhists. Theism is a deep seated conviction that there's some hand to hold. If we just do the right things, someone will appreciate us and take care of us. It means thinking there's always going to be a babysitter available when we need one. We're going to come back to the babysitter thing because that's a very important point. We are inclined to advocate our responsibilities to delegate our authority to something outside ourselves. Non-theism is relaxing with the ambiguity and uncertainty of the present moment without reaching for anything to protect ourselves. We sometimes think that dharma is something outside of ourselves, something to believe in, something to measure up to. However, dharma isn't a belief. It isn't dogma. It is total appreciation of impermanence and change. The teachings disintegrate when we try to grasp them. Excuse me. Uh, we have to experience them without hope. Many brave and compassionate people have experienced them and taught them. The message is fearless. Dharma was never meant to be a belief that we blindly follow. Dharma gives us nothing to hold on to at all. Non-theism is finally realizing that there's no babysitter that you can count on. You just get a good one and then he or she is gone. Non-theism is realizing that it's not just babysitters that come and go. The whole of life is like that. This is the truth, and the truth is inconvenient. Woo! So, babysitters. That's that's what hope is, everybody. It's a babysitter. Our addictions are babysitters. I mean, essentially, you could say anything outside ourselves, our mind, our heart is a babysitter, but even our thoughts could be babysitters, right? I remember... I remember uh, I was working at this camp in New Hampshire, right? And I don't like rodents. I mean, who likes rodents? Who likes mice, especially if they're in your home environment, right? Um, but anyway, so we were in these cabins. They were in the middle of the woods. It was like the summer camp for behaviorally challenged boys. And there was a mouse that, for whatever reason, like liked hanging out where my bunk was. And... You know, like, I don't know, I was I was sort of freaked out, so, like, I don't know how accurate my perception of, of what happened was, but I felt like it was, like, crawling right by my bed. Like, there was some upper rafters where it would crawl, but I feel like it was also crawling, like, right by me and shit, right? But this could have been just my fucking anxiousness and fear and just fucking all the fucking feelings in this moment, right? So I remember I was like, it was going to be a long day. It's like, I need to go to sleep. But at this point I was just wide fucking awake. and I didn't know what to do. And honestly, (laughs) sexual fantasies in my mind helped me to just tune out scurrying around me and whatever the fuck was going on there, right? Because it was like a pretty quiet cabin. So it was pretty easy to hear a whole bunch of scurrying. Um, But sexual fantasies like helped me to just kind of like Okay. Yep. Yep. And it wasn't even like, I was even necessarily like enjoying it too much. Cause it was like, I understood why I was doing it, but it helped me to just calm down and relax and eventually fall asleep at, at who knows what time. Right. But it was a babysitter, right? It was something, you know, cause I mean, ideally, I mean, what was this mouse going to do? It wasn't even a rat. It was a mouse. Right. But you know, these are the things we've got to deal with. Right. You know, and in the, in the smile smiling fear thing, you know what I'm saying? I should have fucking stood up on my bed and be like, hey, what's up, mouse? You know, or just like, oh, hey, mouse, you know. I I was not ready to do that, clearly. um. But, you know, because you could say me kind of being like, oh, man, no, this is happening. That made it worse. That made it worse in my perception and my reality the more I was pushing it away, you know, and – not to say it would have been easier if I had been like, oh, you know, there's a mouse scurrying around. Let me just go to sleep. But it it would it would help, right? Because I wouldn't – you know, it's the idea of, of – there's a video where it's this, this monk, and he's talking about pushing things away, right? He has this necklace. And he talks about, like, you know, he pulls a necklace toward him. And he's like, when he brings something towards you, right, if it's like, ooh, yeah, I love – you know, whatever the case may be. It's like, I, I love this thing, right? You, you want it, you, So you bring it towards you, right? It's like, ooh, you pull it towards you, right? But it starts here. So you set up the, the circumstance for it to swing back away from you. And similarly, right, if, you know, there's this thing in front of you and you're like, oh, I don't want that. And you push it away, you create the circumstance where now it will swing back towards you, right? And, th- and this, is the, this is the problem we're onto. to. We're always pushing away things we don't want and then they swing back to us and then we're pulling things toward us that we do want and then they swing away from us and we're always in that push and pull, right? you could even say that's hope and fear, right? Oh, yeah, hope, give me that. Fear, oh, no, no, no. Hope, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, fear, no, 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 right? We're always in that back and forth, back and forth, yin and yang, yin and yang, up and down, up and down, left and right, left and right. We're in just that constant cycle, and staying in the middle with the pendulum, right? Understanding that these things go in rhythm, right? They go back and forth. They go into rhythms, right? That's how a pendulum works. Understand that happens the same thing with us and the things that we choose to bring toward us, choose to push away. We, we're, we're setting into motion a rhythm with them. And so... Uh, to use my mouse example, I was, I was setting forth and there was other times later in the summer. This was like the first time it happened when there was a mouse there and I was like less freaked out, but you know, I wasn't a happy camper. ha. ha, 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 ha. anyways. So when we are just, Oh man, we're always looking for a babysitter. I think that's such a beautiful way of putting it. We're always looking for that babysitter. Right. The babysitter could be smoking cannabis. The babysitter could be looking at porn. The babysitter could be watching uh, reality TV shows. The babysitter could be this. The babysitter could be that. There's nothing wrong with doing these things, obviously. There's nothing wrong with watching reality TV. There's nothing wrong with smoking cannabis. There's nothing wrong with eating a pie. Right. There's nothing wrong with these things. It's just when they are used as babysitters, we have to recognize that they're being used as babysitters. They're being used because there's something going on inside of us, around us, connected to us, that we're like, I don't want to be here for this. Babysitter, where are you? It's time to put me down for my nap. I don't want to deal with this. Babysitter, where are you? Right? And the babysitter comes, and the babysitter might be a bottle of wine. The babysitter might be a fucking line of cocaine babysitter might be sex babysitter might be masturbation babysitter might be a hoagie yeah a hoagie babysitter hoagie <laughs> i don't know why that sounds like a tv show babysitter hoagie the new episodes of babysitter hoagie I don't know why it's a detective show. I, I don't know I have no idea why in my brain it's a detective show, but it's a detective show. The babysitter hoagie mysteries, you know what I'm saying? It's like babysitter hoagie. It's like we got three murders in Hoagie City and the mayor wants them solved today. Can you do that? It's like psh, I'm babysitter hoagie. What can I do that? Chief. It's always a chief. It's always always a chief. It's never like a lieutenant. It's always like, listen, chief. Babysitter Hoagie's got this on lock. All right, Babysitter Hoagie, the new mysteries, and coming up, Babysitter Hoagie Academy. <laughs> be like the the Babysitter Hoagie Police Academy. That'd be the spinoff. Anyways, Babysitter Hoagie. We're always looking for babysitters, and Hope can be one of those babysitters where we're just like in this moment where I'll use a personal example. I don't have a car right now. I'm saving up for a car slowly, but surely. And I hope to have, see what I did there. I hope to have a Toyota four runner. It's the only car that I want as my next vehicle. I love them. It's like many things I've learned about myself over the past few years. As I further expand my knowledge of self, I really fuck with Toyota Forerunners. I just like how they look. I got to drive one when I went to Tennessee recently. And yeah, I just fuck with them. I want to be a Toyota Forerunner owner. Now, if I own a Toyota Avalon, will I be disappointed? If that's the only car I can get? Yeah, I will be disappointed. Even me knowing that I'll be disappointed and knowing that the hope I set up by my own volition, I'll still be disappointed because I've blown up in my head about my next car is going to be a Toyota 4Runner. I've told people, yeah, my next car is going to be a Toyota 4Runner, Toyota 4Runner, Toyota 4Runner, right? I've said all this sort of shit about Toyota 4Runner, my next car, this is the next car I'm going to have, Toyota 4Runner, Toyota 4Runner, right? I've said that endlessly over the past like year and a half, probably even two years. And if that happens, great. If that doesn't happen, I'll be disappointed. I won't even mince words about that. I don't know why that wouldn't happen. I don't know what circumstance would prevent me from getting a Toyota 4Runner, which is like there's hundreds of thousands, if not millions, out there waiting to have new owners right now. Um, So I don't know what circumstance would lead me to not be able to get a Toyota 4Runner. But let's just say, you know, Toyota's like, you know what? We're taking all these off the road. No more. i would be sad. i would be disappointed. But – is it because of anything with the Toyota 4Runner wrong, me in any way? No. It's due to my own hope, everybody. It's due to my own hope that I created with my own mind. And we do this for so many things. That's why a helpful exercise I did last night when I was just thinking more about this was I wrote down all the hopes I have, whether it was a small hope, a big hope, a medium hope. I just wrote them all down. I'm on page four and I feel like I, I have a few more pages to go because um, one it was a good exercise because I've done this with fears before and actually I probably I'm, I'm the next thing I'm gonna do is do a, a new fear list, my fears. but I mentioned at the top, I feel like that's an easier list to access because we sort of know the shit that kind of gets a fear response out of us, right? Um, like, I <laughs> I was having this conversation, shout out to Ango, uh, about painting, right? Where I I, I don't like paints where like I'll draw a dog, but I'll do pour, right? Pour painting where you mix a whole bunch of different colors. You're pouring on the canvas, you'll mix it around, it makes cool designs, right? That that That's the kind of painting I do, at least currently. And I did one the other, other day that came out wonderful, but I remember doing it and I described it as like, am I skydiving right now? It was like so exhilarating. I was just like exhilarated. And it's just funny because was it that exhilarating what I was doing? No. But for, for me, it was. For someone who hasn't done much painting in my life, doing this painting right now was very exhilarating because it was like, ooh, I don't know what's going to happen. Ooh, is it going to spill this way? Is it going to go that way? I don't know what the design's going to be, right? There was a lot going on. And I just felt it was so exhilarating, um, for me personally, because it's not something I've done a lot in my life. It's still a very new hobby activity for me, painting, you know. And you know, I was I was thinking about like if if and when I ever go skydiving, I'll probably be like, eh, you know, that was cool. You know, I mean, I'm sure it'll be exhilarating in the moment when I'm free falling at you know with G forces or whatever. Um, but you know, I'll probably like, you know, after it's done, i am like, oh, okay. You know, I won't, it won't be a big deal to me, but certain things, you know, but certain other things, like I described it as this, like for me, painting was like skydiving, but for other people, painting is like cutting a slice of butter, right? It's not even like, oh, we cut butter today. It's like, Ooh, you know, it doesn't really uh, do much, but it's based on our own experiences and, and based on our own kind of connection to these experiences. You know, like doing a video. There's some people like, what? You sit and do videos? Like, ah, like that's terrifying to me. You know, not for me. This is like cutting butter. You know, I enjoy talking. I feel like I have a great point of view and great insights on things. And you know, here we are. but for other people, that could, that, could, that could be their skydiving, sitting and doing a video. A live video at that? <gasps> oh, my God. That could be their exhilarating, fear-facing moment is sitting down and doing video. But again, if they go to actually skydive, they'd be like, eh, you know, whatever. No big deal. You know? And these are our personal differences when it comes to stuff. And I don't remember the connection with all that with hopelessness, but... Hopefully, you know, and you can figure it out on your end. I can't do all the work for you, people. You got to do some work on your end. I'm just bringing up the topics. You got to figure it out, okay? So, I don't know where I was going with all that, but we'll just keep going, okay? So, um, okay, I'll just keep reading. I'll, I'll just, we'll, re- we'll regroup. I'll just do a little bit more reading. Okay. All right. For those who want something to hold on to, life is is even more inconvenient. From this point of view, theism is an addiction. We're all addicted to hope. Let me read that again. We're all addicted to... What's that? What do you say? What are we addicted to? I don't know. I didn't hear him. Maybe he needs to speak up. Okay, I'll speak up. We're all addicted to hope. Yes, there it is. We're all addicted to hope. I'm glad you made it. Thanks for being here. Well, if you weren't here, I wouldn't know. So we're all addicted to hope. Hope that doubt and mystery will go away. This addiction has a painful effect on society. Society based on lots of people addicted to getting ground under their feet is not a very compassionate place. Okay, so this is a perfect time to talk about groundlessness, right? And we'll get back to the addiction thing. The babysitter, when I was talking about the babysitter, right? We're always reaching for the babysitter. Ooh, babysitter, I don't want to deal with my life. Oh, come tuck me in, babysitter, right? Where the babysitter is, is Netflix, where the babysitter is drugs, alcohol, sex, weeds. Uh, uh, you know, it doesn't matter what the babysitter is. We can sit here for fucking seven years coming up with a list of babysitters that people use. The point is, it's because the ground in this world is always shifting. It's always moving. It's always changing. Right, it's like a like a, a sandy cliff on a seashore. You don't build your house on it because then your house will end up in the ocean. And this is the impermanence of life, which, frankly, I'm surprised I have not said except for when I read it in there uh, so far. Babysitters are because we don't want to deal with the impermanence of life. We don't want to deal with the reality of what's happening. We don't want to deal with the reality in the moment. So we seek something. That'll help us like, oh, oh, okay, this desk is here. Okay, all right, okay. We got a little bit stability. Okay, we can regroup. We got a desk, right? We got some ground under our feet. But realizing there's no such thing as ground. There's no such thing as stability. It's a mirage. It's an illusion. We're sold stability. We're sold ground under our feet. That's what advertising is. That's what government does. That's what corporations do. Oh, yeah, oh, you feel like a piece of shit? Well, all you need is this new whatever, whatever. Oh, yeah, you don't have any friends? You feel like a piece of shit? Oh, well, all you need is this. Oh, yeah, you feel ugly? You feel like, you know, no one likes you? Well, if you just get this, oh, everything will be fine. It works on the premise that this whole thing is unstable and that if you have our thing, if you vote for me, if you subscribe to my channel, if you you know, buy our new lemon meringue Tootsie Pop that it'll be all stable. I have a quote over there that I look at all the time. No calming thoughts, no stable waves. That's exactly what it sounds. There's no calming thoughts, there's no stable waves. Uh-oh, I got to plug in my computer or this thing's gonna be a wrap, folks. So hold on, let me go get my plug. I don't need to narrate these things, but I am. You know, Instagram, I gotta say, you're slacking here. You know, I don't normally do a whole triple live where I'll do Facebook and YouTube and they on my phone. But I was like, you know what? These Instagram niggas need to hear this too. And y'all keep popping in and leaving. Y'all can't handle the smoke. Holding on to your hopes. That's sad. Sad. Holding on to your hopes. Get it together. I grabbed him by the hope. Yeah, I went there, folks. Yeah. (laughs) Anyways. Let me drink some water while we're here. So. Marketing, all that sort of shit. It works on you feeling like the ground is shifting. Which it is. Right? The sooner you accept that fact in your life. That there's no, like, oh, yeah, oh, shit's cool now. That's why, like... You got to really – the more you can deal with just uneven floorboards, right, quote, unquote, metaphorically speaking, the more you will thrive in life because even if it doesn't look like the floorboards are moving, they're actually moving. And if you just are always under the kind of guiding principle that should is shifting even when it's not shifting, then when it does finally manifest and the shift is like – complete or at a phase where you're like oh shit this shit has shifted you won't be so caught off guard you won't be so like oh my god Susie left oh my goodness what are we gonna do about the Johnson account like she was the lead one where it's like you know Susie could leave any day any moment you have to be ready for it you have to be ready when it happens and don't think Susie's gonna be there forever don't think you're gonna be there forever things change things shift and so, again, bringing it back around to hope, you're, the, the hope is is going to be used to kind of like, again, kind of like, oh, 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 you want some ground? Oh, hey, here's some hope, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh. But that's just, you know, to go back to my analogy with the shackle and the balloon, the shackle keeps you grounded in fear but the balloon keeps you floating away in hope. Neither is better, neither's is worse. But you just want to be walking shackle-free, balloon-free, walking about, living in the space between hope and fear. And dealing with your babysitters. Stop calling your babysitters, okay? Right, geez, they babysitted you once in 2003, and now you're like, Hitting them up in 2022, you're goddamn near 40 years years old. You still need a babysitter? Oh my goodness. Get it together. Get it together, you goddamn babysitter needers. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But that's what it is. It's just, think about it like this. In your day, right? In just today, just look back at your day, how it started. Think about all the things you did because you wanted to get some sort of ground under your feet, right? I'll use myself as an example. It's the first thing I do when I wake up after I snooze seven times. (laughs) Meditation. And, you know, even with with this, I I had to work on releasing my hopes related to meditation. You know, as an occult practitioner, as an occult scientist, meditation is like if if I was planning on going to the Olympics, it's like I need to know how to do the – The regular stroke. You know, it's like you just got to know how to swim. And meditation is swimming. Here's an interesting quote for you. The mystic swims in the waters that the schizophrenic drowns in. Very interesting quote, quote, right? Anyways, um, so, you know, waking up every morning is like, you know, going to the pool and, and doing some laps. And, you know, to further progress with my spiritual and occult path, meditation, it's like not even... Not even like, mm, should I meditate? Should I not meditate? Like, I don't know. Maybe I don't need to meditate for improving my spirituality. No, <laughs> no. That's like, that's, that's why I say now, if you're listening to an occult teacher, a spiritual teacher, and the first thing or the second thing they, they've said to you isn't meditation, and they don't bring up meditation, they don't tell you about meditation, they don't talk about the importance of meditation, they're a fraud. And they're probably not meditating. And I trust their, their insights generally you know if they're an occultist, um you know spiritual teacher type if they're just like an engineer like I and mean, they I have a youtube channel about like making your own clocks you know i mean i'm i'm sure meditating would would assist in that but uh i don't i don't you know i, I look at that differently but um uh, but a cultist a spiritualist oh you got to be meditating or or you you're not going to have any insights you're not going to, well, what the fuck is going on you'll be more confused right So, um, you know, so I meditate, but it's like the hope that it will help me be a better occultist. It'll help me be a more, not necessarily become a more spiritual person because I meditate, but it'll help my spiritual faculties by meditation. And now, I would say this is true based on my experience over the years of meditating, but... I need to deflate that balloon, right? It's like the idea of for the love of the game, which is one of my favorite ways to view just living life. Right? It's like you're not doing it for the money. You're not doing it for the fame. You're not doing it for the the uh the occult groupies. You're doing it because you just appreciate meditation and you enjoy just the practice of meditation and just you show up because you know, you just want to experience it. You're not doing it because it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, this is how I'll be able to do this. And I hope like once I've meditated for like, you know, a few more years, then I'll be able to do this and that. Right. These are all the things that, you know, they, they've kind of died down because I'm just like, you know, just worry about sitting and meditating and setting a timer for 15 or 20 minutes. And that's all you need to focus on and your breathing. Right. Don't worry about, well, yeah, if I keep this up by twenty twenty five, I'll I hope to, you know, be able to, you know, summon the Dark Lord, you know, during my meditations, right? No, 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 no. Just we need to keep it simple, folks. Keep it simple. What's in front of us? Oh, meditation. What are we focus on? Meditation. What are we doing during meditation? Nothing. <laughs> um But yeah, just man. We have all these hopes. So I was just getting to the point about just all the things we do in a day that is under the guise, under the intention of this is going to make me better. This is going to make me a better person. This is going to make me better at my job. This is going to make me better husband, wife, father, partner, X, Y, Z. It doesn't really matter. But these are the intentions of why we'll do certain things because we have a certain hope connected to them about, well, if I do this, then you know, that, that should lead to that. And that aligns with my hope. And I, I'm glad for that, you know? Um, so when we really break it down, yeah, we're just addicted to this hope drug, you know? Um, I don't think we get as too addicted to fear. Cause I feel like that's like, that's, that's a hard one to just be like doing a whole bunch of, whole bunch of lines of fear. Um, but hope, it's like, again, fear is like some crazed, semi-crazed hermit out there in the woods. Uh, but hope is, uh, is like a sexy model. But inside, ooh, they have a dark black heart. The darkest heart. And when they are done with you, oh, you'll know it. <laughs> I'm using her hyperbole here, people, but um, again, I feel hope has really been given a pass uh, throughout the years, throughout the centuries, and it's enough of it already. It's enough. We need to abandon the hopes and get the fuck out. Now, moving, well, mm, let me keep reading. Then I'll get to my Matrix Malku Society Hope part afterwards. Okay, so the first noble truth of the Buddha is that when we feel suffering, it doesn't mean that something is wrong. What a relief! Finally, somebody told the truth. Suffering is part of life, and we don't have to feel it's happening because we personally made the wrong move. In reality, however, when we feel suffering, we think that something is wrong. Great point. Um, As long as we're addicted to hope, we feel that we can tone our experience down, or liven it up, or change it somehow, and we continue to suffer a lot. Suffer a lot, and that is man it's yeah it's like that sort of thing where it's like yo i'm not getting women don't look at me i'm not getting enough dates, right oh well it's like well i just need to like eat better and go to the gym and that sort of thing and these could be valid logical things that one could do it's like okay well if i want to be more attractive to women and whatever the cause whatever the fuck you know um you know, it's like, well, let me take better care of myself so I, you know, am more physically attractive. I feel more confident. Right. It all makes sense. Right. And there's nothing against this logic. There's nothing against wanting to better oneself. Right. But it's like when it's tied to the hope, that's where the issues come about. When I was at the gym on Saturday thinking about all this, I was like, yo, I had to release the hope that I will have an amazing body in the future. Right. It's like six packs abs, like just looking amazing. Right. That's what I'm going for. Right. Because, you know, who doesn't want to look better for the ladies? Am I right? And the fellas, wink wink. Um, you know, that's why I was I was watching this video with this Buddhist monk talking about people going to the gym. He's like health my ass. He didn't say my ass, but he's like, what a crock. Like you're doing it to get laid more. Right. He just cut right through it, which I've recognized. Like, yeah, health and <laughs> health and Getting laid more. Um, so, I forgot where I was going with that. No, what was I talking about? I'm um, addicted to hope. Oh, better ourselves So, inherently, yeah. If you're like only able to do ten push-ups, and you work at it, you do twenty-five push-ups in a month. That's great. That is wonderful. But just do it without the hope. Right. So I was saying when I was at the I remember I was saying when I was at the gym over this weekend, I was like, yeah, I need to release my hope about like having an amazing body and all this sort of thing. And I was like, oh, OK. But it's like I still go to the. I'll still go to the gym. It doesn't mean like I stopped going to the gym. I've abandoned it all. No more gym. No more exercise. Fuck all this shit. Right. I don't have that sense. That's a very nihilistic Sort of stance, like what I was mentioning earlier, where it's like, oh, this all this is all shit. Let's just disavow it all. Let's abandon it all. No, we're just abandoning the hope. The activity can stay, right? But the hope related to the activity, the hope related to going to the gym, the hope related to me exercising, is what I need to burn, bury, get rid of. Well, make friends with, then burn, bury, and get rid of, right? But still go to the gym, still exercise, but do it from a place where it's like for the love of the game. I enjoy exercising, I enjoy pushing my body, I enjoy working my muscles and building up a good sweat. That should be enough. But ooh, Hope's gotta come in there, ooh, Hope. Ooh, Hope struts in there, got some new heels or maybe some new construction boots on. Ooh, oh, and look at that outfit, ooh, Hope strolls in there like, hey, what's up, big boy? Oh, you exercising? Ooh, let's tie some Hope to that exercise. Ooh, yeah, I hope. (laughs) you know what you know you get the point you get the point here but um yeah it's like just popping all those balloons you know what i'm saying but keeping the activities keeping what you do not just keeping ourselves change the corners like oh, i'll never look good right that's like the fear reaction but also being like oh yeah but this summer i'm gonna look this way right because i've done this before and then you know what folks when it got to that point in the summer I didn't look how I wanted it to look. And it was, what's the word? What's our favorite word? Disappointing, that's not our favorite word, but it was disappointing, right? And, you know, this is the issue with hope. It just sets up our disappointments, and then, you know, we'll beat ourselves up because of these disappointments, and we'll call ourselves all sorts of names, and we we'll are be like, what? what's wrong with me? Why couldn't I have? have looked this good on this date when i set said it seven months ago for the summer. Like what's wrong with me? Right. I would say just setting up the hope that just sets up a certain parameter around whatever you're doing. That's like, okay, well, here's the thing and here's the parameters around the thing. Okay, go. And it's like, Ooh, yeah, we were doing the thing, but the parameters, ah, yeah, we missed the parameters. And it's like, ah, you piece of shit. How'd you miss the parameters? You set up the parameters. Right, and becomes a whole lot of issues related to our hope and the hopes we set up in our mind. So it becomes an addiction, right? We, it becomes an addiction. That's why it's like, man, I, I see it much clearer now when it's like something new comes along and then just instantly it's like, mm, okay. And then I hope for this and then that. I hope for it. It's just like, woo, it just takes off and leaves in my mind, you know, but many of our minds, you know, I mean, <laughs> like that's why it's like the funny thing like the classic thing they always say about women about you know women will just like they're always like fall in love so quickly and that sort of thing what i mean dudes we dudes normally don't want to admit to this sort of stuff but i i'm someone who I'll, I'll fall fall in love quickly with very little evidence and very little <laughs> very little context to support it because it's just a hope and a wish and a prayer that I just like, Oh yeah. yeah, And then, and then, yeah, yeah. And then she'll, she'll, she'll stop and, and she'll get a smoothie and I'll be there. And then like, oh, we'll talk about the smoothie we got and then this, and then we'll go on a date and I'll bring her to the smoothie place for our first date, Right. Just recreate this whole thing. So it's like, I get that. But I am like, yo, that's not just women. I do that so much, not as much as I used to, but that, that was definitely where it's like, man, like, I feel like sometimes these women can hear the stories I'm crafting in my mind because they're so loud. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it becomes a cycle where we're just addicted to this hope because it's like, mm, ooh, hope, oh, man. Ooh, oh, is there, is there peppermint in that hope? Oh, man, I love peppermint hope, right? becomes an addiction. Like any other addiction, it becomes just a cycle. And then when the balloon, the hope balloon is popped, disappointments, What happens? We create more hopes to deal with that disappointment. Oh, oh my God. And around and around we go. So Instagram, you got to get it together. I'm wise to just end this live because it's like, y'all don't even even care about abandoning hope. Y'all don't even care about abandoning hope. Facebook and YouTube, even though I have no idea how many people are watching now, they care about abandoning hope. But Instagram... They don't care about abandoning hope. They care about being addicted to hope. And that's the issue with society, is that we're addicted to hope, and it's not cool, okay? Stop making hope, (laughs) stop trying to make hope a thing. It's never going to work. That's my new line. Stop trying to make hope a thing. It's not going to work. Anyways. The word in Tibetan for hope is riwa. The word for fear is dokpa. More commonly, the word ridok is used, which combines the two. Hope and fear is a feeling with two sides. As long as there's one, there's always the other. Redoke is a root of our pain. In the world of hope and fear, we always have to change the channel, change the temperature, change the music, because something is getting uneasy, something is getting restless, something is beginning to hurt, and we keep looking for alternatives. Woo! That was another one that really hit hard, because, you know, People who turned, tuned into this, right? Not if you're watching now, but who stopped in and they're like, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> uh, no, I'm, I'm out of here. I don't <laughs> no, This is not the message for me, right? Was it something I said? Was it the hat I was wearing? Was it my background? Was it the words I was saying? Was it the fact that I trimmed my own beards? I don't know why they tuned out. It doesn't really matter. But there was something in them that told them, we need to leave. This is not it. We need to go. And I'm not talking about celebrity gossip. I'm talking about shit that is uplifting, insightful, and something to ponder and to reflect upon to have a better grasp of your own inner reality and outer reality. So I feel like it's worth listening to. You know, but hey, that's just me. You can make up your own determination. But we're always... Constantly, like, oh, change the channel, change the thing. Like, I've noticed me with streaming music versus listening to vinyl. I love listening to vinyl, but also I like the ease of being able to stream something from the 1960s, some jazz from the 1960s, and then, like, after that, some hip hop album from 2021, right? Just very seamlessly, right? I enjoy that. But I've noticed that that creates where I always want to skip songs, right? But if I'm listening to a CD in a car or listening to a vinyl, like skipping songs on a vinyl, it's like not what you do. And you might put on a specific song, right? But it's like you put on the vinyl, plays through the side, you flip it over, plays to the other side. That's how I, how I listen to vinyls. I don't skip around vinyls. Ooh, Oh, hold on. Let me put on this one song for the vinyl. Oh, let me put on this other song from, from this vinyl, right? I mean, I guess that's what DJing is You know, if you use vinyls. But uh, if you're just like sitting there listening to them, not DJing, um, that's not normally how you do the experience. But I noticed over the years, as streams become more popular, I'm more inclined to skip around on CDs and songs, where if I was just in a car listening to that CD, more than likely, unless it was just like, I don't know what the fuck this song is, I don't want to listen to this song, it was an extreme reaction, which isn't necessarily a, a, a better excuse. It's still an excuse that I want to skip the song. but. Um, but it's like more of like on a whim, like, eh, you know, whatever. Let me see what else is here. You know, cause it's so easy. Right. But it's like in modern society, we're presented with very easy ways to just change whatever's going on around us. Oh, it's too cold. Put on the heat too hot. Put on the AC to this, do that. You know, turn off the lights, turn on the lights, close the curtains, open the curtains, You know, we're always presented with options to manipulate and change our reality, but this presents an issue because then we're more inclined to always want to change and manipulate our reality when lots of times it's probably fine, but it's just something in our mind that's like, something's wrong. It needs to change. Something's wrong in the present. Change this, change that, right? It's just something in the back of our mind that's driving that perception, that This needs to be changed. You need to change the station. You need to change this. You need to change your socks. Well, if they smell, change your socks. Um, But it's something inside of our minds, a a not balanced part of ourselves that we need to work on. And it's lots of times fueled by our hope. Oh, I I feel cold. Well, I hope, uh, I hope, uh, oh no. I don't even know why I came back to you Instagram. (laughs) I just got a message and you know I hit it by accident, but maybe people were leaving because it was too dark. Let me try it like this. But whatever. You need you don't need to watch me. Just listen. Just listen, folks. Anyways. Maybe I'm being too hard on you, Instagram. I know you've had a hard life Instagram. You know, you're you're raising the projects, you know you you were raised by your grandmother then facebook bought you Whew, that must have been tough just in and of itself your grandmother was like hey you know uh, instagram you know i still want to see you it's like grandma i'm owned by facebook now we can't talk it's part of the agreements and grandma's crying grandma's crying because her baby boy she raised instagram is now owned by facebook a multinational company So, I've been too hard on you, Instagram. Hopefully, some of y'all will tune into this later, but if not, I don't really care. (laughs) I have no hopes tied to people tuning into later. But if it happens, it happens. If not, whatever. Anyways, moving on. So. Oh, no. Oh, dear. Okay. I don't even know if people on Instagram can hear me. Whatever my tripod broke like i have a a thing on a tripod that will hold a phone or whatever and it broke i have no idea how it broke it was fine and then it wasn't fine and it broke and so i would i would have done that but uh yeah here we are so anyways i've spent enough time talking about instagram although i am getting hungry but there is one last part i have to get to yeah, i don't remember my train of thoughts before all this instagram being raised by grandmother in the projects talk. But anyways. Um oh yeah. Yeah, we always want to change shit around. We're always like, oh yeah, this. Oh uh, yeah. You know, and I recognize this as someone who occasionally consumes cannabis. It's like, well why why do I need to consume cannabis? What is it about this moment that it's like I need to change? I mean that's like come up with the answer. I mean it's, you know, it's a relaxing herbal herbal thing that one can consume um but you know qigong is also relaxing meditation is also sometimes relaxing occasionally meditation should be relaxation all the time because if you're going deep into meditation shit should be coming up and not pleasant flowery beautiful things it should be like oh nigga remember when this happens oh yeah it's back right and it's like you know you know, you could explore and like, okay, what's going on here? Why did this come Or you could be like, we're just focusing on meditation. We're going to put that aside for right now. And it's not that you're ignoring it, but it's like you're focused on the meditation. So it's like you return to your breath, right? Even though that random thing from 33 years ago came up in your conscience during meditation and probably for a reason, you could look at it a few ways. The mind is just like, Hey, you're ignoring me. Let me bring up Traumatic things, extreme things, so you can pay attention to me, which is part of it. But also, as you go deeper in your minds, there's things that are going to come up. Just like if you're dredging a lake, if you dredge up the bottom of the lake, you might find bodies. (laughs) Bodies of water, folks. Not actual bodies, you weirdos. No, actual bodies, too. So yeah, we're always wanna change things around. We're always just living in that state about like, yeah, change the channel, change this, change that. I need to change my appearance, I need to change this, I need to change my hair, I need to change my shirt. And inherently, again, there's nothing wrong with changing things. This whole experience, this whole life, this whole muckety-muck physical incarnation is all about impermanence, it's all about change. It's just what hope do you have tied to that change? What hope do you have tied to that impermanence? It's up to you to determine that, folks. It's up to you to figure that out. But if you want to uh, recapture reality and rebalance yourself, it behooves you to look into these things, to look into your hopes and disavow any hopes and just do it because you do it. Don't learn piano because you want to be an amazing musician. Learn piano because you want to learn piano. And you have no hopes on what will come from your developing your piano skills. I'm sure something will come from it, you know? Like, I'm sure if you keep developing your skills and you keep putting yourself out there in terms of your pianist abilities, something will come from it, but you don't have any hope tied to what will come, come from it. And you don't necessarily need to nail it down and be so specific about, like, yeah, yeah, I hope that, you know, Atlantic Records, you know, after, you know, after I f- finish uh, that conservatory invert internship conservatory that's not uh i don't know where people who play piano i don't know where they train (laughs) i don't know conservatory is not the word maybe it is the word anyways you just release the fears related to it i know i sound like a broken record but this is such an important kind of topic to unpack that i don't know could i unpack this in five minutes maybe but there's a lot of moving parts to when you say abandon all hope that's like, what? Huh? That, you know, I I thought I was going to be up 40 minutes. I feel like I have another about 20 minutes to go. But maybe that might turn into another 45 minutes. I might just get this sucker up to two hours. But um, I just have one. Well, there's more reading to do. But there's one last section I want to get into about how society's hope kind of keeps you. Actually, I'm going to do a separate video because I'm hungry. And yeah I'm, uh, I'm i'm tapped out i'm tapped out talking about hope i'm hungry i'm thirsty i hope to eat some food soon <laughs> damn it i should have ordered so it'd be on the way here that's a smooth move and i've learned that from brother panic because when he does long things like when i had class with him he would order towards the end of class so that by the time he was done with class his food was here that's how you do it now I gotta finish this video and then order when I could have the wait time could have been while I was doing this silly video oh my goodness I dropped the ball folks I hope next time I don't drop the ball see what I'm doing there I'm being cheeky (laughs) hee hee anyways let's keep reading I'll finish up reading and then we'll um oh man I got a whole bunch of pages whole bunch of pages okay I'm gonna fly through these well do I want to fly through these Hmm, let's think about this. Mm. Do I want to fly through these? No. I'm just going to do another video on Thursday to continue on. Because, frankly, I'm surprised this video was an hour and 15 minutes. I did not see that coming. I thought I could get through this in 40 minutes, but apparently that's not the case. So, I'm going to do another video on Thursday um, a part two on this. And we'll keep, I'll keep reading from this book again. When things fall fall apart, Pema Children, great book, highly recommended, a lot of nuggets, a lot of interesting insights. Um, it's well worth the probably $5 that it is online used. Um, so, um, yeah, so that's it. Abandon all hopes. I'll be back on Thursdays, Thursdays, like, Oh, back on Thursdays. Um, so, yeah, so abandon all your hopes and, yeah, pop all those balloons, people. Abandon all the hopes, but, you know, keep doing what you want to do, but just abandon the hopes around them. So, all right, peace out. Bye. I was hard on you yesterday, Instagram. Let's make sure all this other shit's working. Instagram, let's make sure all those other shit's working. Okay, we're good. All righty. Okay, so we are back with another interesting rendition of Abandoning All Hope. And uh, I was going to do this on Thursday, but, you know, in reality one I'm doing something Thursday evening Ooh, what is it I'm not gonna tell you <laughs> and two um, with the passing of the brother twitch um, just some things I was thinking about off of that I think um, interweave into this discussion about abandoning hope so let's continue so, again, we are reading from this wonderful book, When Things Fall Apart, by Pema Chodron. And where did we leave off? Um, so, go back and watch the first video, if you want, uh, to get some context, because you know, there's stuff I'm going to talk about on this one that directly related to that, like having babysitters, hopelessness, our addiction to hope, all these sort of wonderful things. So... Go back and check that out because you know I'm gonna reference things, and you're like, "What is he talking about?" Go get this book too, or not? You know, whatever. Um, okay, so we're gonna continue reading, and then we'll get into other things. Hope and fear come from the fa- the feeling. Actually, no. Let me go back. Let me go back because we gotta get some context. redo. Um, okay. Anyways. In a non-the- non-theistic state of mind, abandoning hope is, is an affirmation. The beginning of the beginning. You can even put abandoned hope on your refrigerator door instead of a more conventional aspiration, like every day in every way I'm getting better. Which, that is so funny that's, that she said that in there, because that is so true, because those are just hopes that you're getting better every day. and may not even be aligned with reality. Now, as an occultist... I'm I'm with that affirmation, but as a Buddhist occultist, she makes a great point. She makes a great point. And overall, you'll get farther abandoning hope than you will with an affirmation that you're getting better and better every day. Because that means every day you'll be getting better and better. But it's like, do you want to be getting better and better, or do you want to be in this present moment feeling great, or whatever the fuck you want to call it. So, but anyways, um, hope and fear come from feeling that we lack something. They come from a sense of poverty. We can't simply relax with ourselves. We hold on to hope. And hope robs us of the present moment. Ooh, ooh. We feel that someone else knows what's going on, but that there's something missing in us, and therefore something is lacking in our world. So, this is where, you know, I was talking about the sex, the fear is kind of like, you know, it's like a grizzled old weirdo where we can easily be like, oh, fear, get out of here, you ugly old grizzled weirdo. But Hope, Hope is sexy. Hope is stunning. Oh, look at Hope. Wow. Oh, my goodness. That's Hope's new outfit. Oh, my goodness. Right? We have just such a different relationship with Hope to our detriment than we do with fear, right? Because we can look at fear like, oh, fuck fear, get the fuck out of here, fear. Fuck you, fear, right? But hope, you're like, oh, well, come in, hope. Oh, oh yes, oh, sit down, sit down. Do you want some coffee, hope? Right, completely different relationship. And again, as I mentioned yesterday, hope is, uh, what do they call that? A, a a wolf in sheep's clothing. I think it's an accurate description of what hope is, what hope does to us. And so we'll invite hope in. We'll serve hope pizza and butterscotch. Not on the pizza, but maybe. Um, and we'll have a whole different relationship with hope because hope is is an attractive thing. Fear is not attractive, but hope is sexy. Um, but at the end of the day, just like fear could keep you shackled, hope will, that balloon will pop and you will fall and you will break your leg or break your ankle or break your spinal column, depending on how high you are. Or you might just die from the fall if you're that high up. If hope is taking you up 2,000 feet into the air, when that balloon pops, woo, That's that, that might be a hip replacement, folks. So we, we need to understand that our relationship with hope is toxic, it's um, delusional, and... It's further encouraged by society, this false, illusionary, delusional brand of dealing with reality. And again, I feel like if we're having the same conversation about like fear, yeah, 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 you got to make friends with your fear, you got to smile at fear, yeah, fear, 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 you know, it's like, yeah, you got to deal with that. People are like, you know, that makes sense. I got to deal with my fear. But it's like, I gotta deal with my hope, but I gotta abandon all my hope. That just sounds like nihilism. And, you know, especially in the in the face of someone committing suicide, y- you, you would say that it's like, well, they have abandoned all hope. No. They could have still had some hope going on, but they also chose that it's like, well, that's 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 not helpful. So this is it. I'm ending it. See you later, folks. And this sort of hope, you know, and related to Twitch, who actually I didn't really know anything about until today. You know, one of my friends mentioned about like, you know, that really made me sad. And I had no idea what she was talking about. And I go on to the interwebs on Instagram and it's like, oh, this person. And, you know, I'm like, oh, OK, who is this person? And then I research and I learn about him. Dancer, DJ, Alan show. So you think you dance. Wife is a dancer, right? Learns all the I got caught up real quick. And so there's someone I follow who made a video where he was very upset. He was friends with Twitch um, and his family, and he was very upset. He was crying, and he was just making the point, which usually when this sort of thing happens, people make this point, right? So I'm not knocking him for saying this, but I wanted to unpack this is part of the issue, this line of thinking. So he said listen, if you're, if you know someone who's struggling, you know, or if you're someone who's struggling, always know that there's hope, right? And also, you said, Al- always know that there's love, which, okay, I-, I can get with that. I'll put that aside, right? But always know that there's hope. And I was thinking about that. And I was really thinking about it. I was like, that act, hope was actually, honestly, probably the problem when we really break it all down. Because think about it. Okay, you're successful. You have a beautiful wife. You have a beautiful family. You've done all these cool things. You're a dancer. You love dancing. You're out here. You're making people smile. You're making people happy from your dancing. But, and also, you got this darkness going on. Maybe it was pushed aside. Maybe it was a daily thing that kind of crept up. I'm not sure in in this situation. Only speculations. But there are some some darkness, which we all have, which we all have to deal with. He is no difference. To think that you, whoever you are, can't be in a situation where you would contemplate, consider, and carry out suicide, you are deluding yourself. Right? Because just because you have been in circumstances where you where you haven't been like that, right, doesn't mean you can't. All right, and we need to be honest like that. Just like Anybody, depending on the context and the circumstance, can turn into a raging psychopath, right? I mean, it could be it's like someone kidnaps your child and you just fucking lose it. And you just go into the streets in machete just looking for your child and chopping his hands off, right? Or it could be something else, right? Anyways, the point is, anyone... Okay, if you haven't done dealt with your emotional system, your chakras, the trauma in your body, you could be a prime candidate to committing suicide. Because that's, you know, your success, your career, all that sort of stuff, the trauma that's in your body, the trauma that's in your chakras, the the stored and stuck emotional energy that's in your body, it doesn't care the fuck. If you dance in front of 200,000 people, it doesn't care about any of that shit. And it's just there. And it's just causing a muck of things. And certain things bring it up, certain things trigger it, certain things bring it out. But it needs to be dealt with. It needs to be balanced. It needs to be – what's a better word? Um, Well, it just needs to be balanced. Who cares about a better word? Um, Because it's it's there. And no amount of accolades or anything like that. And I don't know – you know,'m I'm, I'm not saying that that's why he was doing these things to run away from his darkness um, in a shadow. But you know, the hope that's like, well, once I have this, I'll be happy. Once I do this, I'll be happy. Once I experience this, I'll be happy are all delusions are all things we say to ourselves because lots of times when we get there, maybe it feels good for a moment, but then we're back to reality. We're back to how we always felt or how we often feel. And it, it you know, doesn't matter. The money doesn't matter. The fame doesn't matter. The, the family, none of that shit fucking matters. It matters, but it doesn't matter if you're being consumed by your darkness, if you're being consumed by your shadow and the hopes You know, and then it just creates, I was just thinking about, like, has a dance career, been on TV, done all this wonderful stuff. And no one's taking that away from him. But it creates a dynamic where it's like, well, why aren't I happy? I have all these things. I have these wonderful people in my life. I've I've had these wonderful experiences. Right? Like, well, why – why aren't I happy? Why, why am I still upset and sad? I shouldn't be. Then it's like, becomes, it's like, oh man, what's wrong with you? You know, you're still sad. Like you, you were the DJ on the Ellen show. You dance on this. You did that. Right. And then it, it further keeps adding layers. Right. And it's like, well, I hope that I can, um, you know, overcome this. And it's like, yeah, I do have a beautiful family. Right. But you know, the trauma, the, stuck energy in our chakras, it doesn't give a fuck about hope. It doesn't give a fuck about your your greatest hopes. It's just gonna be there and doing what it does. Holding you back. Holding you in a certain space. Holding your mind in a certain space. It doesn't really it doesn't really matter. And so just the more I thought about it, it's like, you know, it's like I get it where it's like, you know, saying like, listen, you're struggling, there's always hope. But hope is the fucking problem, everyone. Hope is the problem. You don't think it's the problem because we're fucking pushed by society on hope. Fucking Obama's whole thing was hope. Literally. It was all about hope. Now, black people. Black people, I'm talking to you very directly right now. All that hope from Obama. How has your life improved? How has your life changed? You personally, I'm not talking about, oh, well, this in society has gotten better and this is happening. No, 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 I'm talking about you. You, 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 you. I'm talking about your direct experience. How has it changed for the better based on that whole hope campaign from Obama? And I'm not even picking on Obama. That's what all politicians do. They sell you on hope and then it's like, they're like, well, whatever, we're not doing any of that shit. <laughs> or maybe they'll, they'll do one thing, right? How many of your lives changed? Right But how good did it feel like? Ooh, a black person, hope, right? It feels good, right? It's the sexy man or woman. Ooh, they show up. What they looked at me? The sexy man or woman named Hope looked at me. Wow, I feel so special. I feel so honored. right? But it's working on your ego. It's working on your ego because you want things to be better. You want your life to be better. You want your circumstances to be better. Who doesn't? I get it. I'm with you. I want my life to be better. I want my circumstances to be better. I want my body to be better. But we need to do it without the crutch of hope, without the addictive drug that is hope. And so to go back, to finish off the the Twitch thread on this, um, yeah, I was just thinking about it's like, yeah, hope actually might be the problem. As much as it's like if someone's struggling with their mental health, right, you want to be like, hey, there's hope out there. That could – That can lead to a cycle where just it further creates an issue in that person's mind. Because then it's like, well, it's like, well, why isn't this happening for me? These other people are happy, right? they have less shit than me. And they're happy. They're not thinking about these suicidal things. But you know what, folks? Appearances are illusions. And this is a great reminder of this. And usually when this happens, when it's someone... Quote unquote, the least, the person you least suspect to commit suicide, it reminds you appearances are illusions. Just because someone's smiling and doing this, it's successful, they could be distraught inside. They can always be distraught inside. And just because someone's frowning and moody and wearing a goth outfit and dressed in all black, they could be as tripper as fuck inside and the happiest person in the world. But we're trained in society that's like, well, someone's presenting like this. That's how they are inside. So if they're smiling, they must be smiling inside. If they're frowning, they must be frowning inside. But lots of times, it doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. And many times, it's the complete opposite. Like, so much so where lots of times I'm happy, but I've realized that, like, you know, like, I'm frowning for whatever reason. But I might be deep in thought, but it's like, outwardly, it would look like I'm upset about something or mad about something. But it's like I could just be deep in thought and just not even caring about how my face looks. But to the external world, you could think, like, someone just punched me or someone accosted me, right, because I don't have, like, a chipper-looking face, but I'm fine inside. And conversely, I mean, how many times have we been smiling happy, right, at work or something, at a family function, a social function, but something was tearing us up inside that no one knows about, only you know about, and you had to kind of, like – you know like you, you don't have to pretend you could go there being like all sad and people are like well what's up with you right but it's like well why'd you go to the events right but it's like hey maybe you want to go to the events to kind of snap you out of it um but uh but yeah it's like the times in our life where it's like yeah we've been smiling we, we seemed friendly but there's something eating us up inside like deeply that no one may even ever know about except for us and except in our own minds but it was killing us Appearances are illusions. Just because you see all these people on Instagram, these just because you see all these people on the interwebs, these celebrities, all these wonderful lives, that doesn't mean they're happy. And that, you know, I don't think I should say that, have to say that, but it's worth repeating. Right? There's a teaching moment. It does not mean they're happy. It does not mean they have their demons under control. It does not mean they have their shadow, their darkness, their trauma, their triggers. Their chakra system, their emotional stuck energy, it does not mean whatsoever that they have any of that under control, balance, and able to deal with it where it's not going to get out of hand. The only thing that is true is that if and when it does get out of hand, you'll know about it more than just some person down the street from you, unless you're friends with that person. Right, because it's like, oh, this person they're having had a mental health episode. You know, their friends are saying it's this, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like Connie, for for example. We don't know what's going on. But it's like, whatever is happening with him, it's just very public, right? Um, and, you know, well, I don't know. It's, it's something that's happening. Um, but, yeah, just don't – appearances are illusions, folks. The one thing that's not an illusion fundamentally is your mind. That's the only thing that it can become an illusion because our minds, a little fun fact for you, your mind will turn into anything you want it to. It will turn into a bacon cheeseburger if that's what you focus on. It will turn into a swimming pool if that if that's what you focus on. It will become whatever you want it to be. And this is both positive and negative, right? If you want to be the best concert pianist in the world and from a young age you're just piano, piano, you're working on piano, you're thinking about piano, researching famous uh concert pianist you love you're just doing all these things related to piano at some point i was thinking about this at some point if there is a uh some sort of um microscope that can look at someone's brain to like a very very deep level i'm sure there's there's something in there that just like it just looks like a piano because their mind has become a piano if not the whole brain changes in the shape of piano because they've they've transformed their mind into that uh, but in terms of illusion, our minds, it's like, hey, oh, you got an illusion? I'll transform into that. Oh, oh, Divinity? Okay, oh, that's my native setting, so let me transform into that. But it's like, oh, we could, we could transform into some delusions and illusions. Yeah, we could do that, too. It'll transform into anything you want. So, where was I going with all that? Well, appearances are illusions, folks. That was the main point of this whole discussion. Appearances are illusions. Appearances are illusions, all appearances are illusions. Again, going to the goth example, just because you see someone dressed in all black and they're not smiling doesn't mean they're not happy. But we're conditioned to think, oh, goth, sad. Oh, smiley person wearing bright colors, happy. But I'm sure there's been plenty of smiley people wearing bright colors who have also committed suicide. And I'm sure there's been a lot of, What's well, a weird way to put it, but I'm sure there's been a lot of people who, um, or goth and emo, whoever is like, I don't know, I don't know if, how long this person going to be around, whether they say it or not, that's kind of like what's in their minds, who lived to the ripe old age of 79, right, and had no issues in their life, you know, just wanted to dress a certain way. Appearances are all illusions, except for your mind. That's the one thing that you could say is inherently not an illusion. Oh, Malkuth? Oh, all this Malkuth shit? Society? The Matrix? Oh, you better believe that is fucking 900% illusion. And the more you buy into the illusion, woo, child, the more you will just be further confused. Don't buy into the illusion of Malkuth, Malkuth. Don't buy into the illusion of your own ego and your own delusions and that illusion and delusion. Don't buy into that. And don't buy into the illusions and delusions that are brought to us by hope okay i'm gonna have to do a whole presentation about this because i don't know i i i don't know what what y'all y'all niggas are are, are doing out here with your hopes but i hope (laughs) i hope you abandon all your hopes if i have one hope it's that you abandon all your hopes because you know even if that balloon pops it doesn't matter to me that's on you you're you're being led away and floating away by your own hopes that you've internalized, accepted, and, you know, you're running with. And that, that's on you. I'm just trying to present a, a different message on that regard. So, any who's, let's get back to Pema. Okay. Rather than letting our negativity get the better of us, we could acknowledge that right now we feel like a piece of shit and not squish about taking a good look. That's a compassionate thing to do. That's the brave thing to do. We could smell that piece of shit. We could feel it. What is its texture, color, and shape? We can explore the nature of that piece of shit. We can, now, we can know the nature of dislike, shame, and embarrassment and not believe there's something wrong with that. We can drop the fundamental hope that there is a better me who one day will emerge. Ooh. Uh, we can't just jump over ourselves as, as if we're not there. It's better to take a straight look at all our hopes and fears than some kind of confidence in our basic sanity arises. So this is a good point to also go into where it's like, yeah, we always want to leapfrog over ourselves. I'm guilty of it, just like the rest of everyone else, where it's like, oh, the better me, the better me out there. Oh, that better me, the one over there, not this one. It can't be this one. This is not the version, but that better me, it's over there in the future. Oh, better me. Oh, yeah, you're just always like reaching for better me. Oh, better me, better me, where are you? We're always reaching for that better me, right? But that reaching, that's the hope, and that's what fucks us up. The better you is right now in this moment. That's the best you. Right now in this fucking moment. There is no other you. There is no other person. It's you in this moment. And if you, you could say the better you is just you in, that, in another moment. That's the better you. But just creating this whole thing like, yeah, you know, when I do this, then I'll be X. Or then I'll do Y. Or then this will happen. Hope, 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 hope. Illusion, delusion, illusion, delusion. It's just shit you say to yourself to make you feel better, that the ego is like, oh, yeah, 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 let's, let's sprinkle some hope in here. Yeah, they need a little hope. Just sprinkle on some hope, and we'll get there, get the get nice and wet and hard. And, you know, then, you know, the, when when the disappointment comes, you know, we'll, well, we'll skedaddle out of here. And they'll be like, what? You know, they won't remember. We, we set it up. Um. But, yeah, we don't want to look ourselves in the moments, right? Going back to babysitters, which Pema talks about. You know, when we feel like a piece of shit, we're like, ah, babysitter, come tuck me in. I don't want to look at myself being a piece of shit. Come come, read me a bedtime story, babysitter. And the babysitter could be anything, anything. It could be, frankly, it could be drinking water. could be the babysitter if you use, this, use it as escapist behavior to get you out of looking at yourself in the present moment, whatever is going on. It'd be anything, Netflix, television, Netflix is television, Netflix, drugs, alcohol, sex, buying clothes. Inherently, there's nothing wrong with these things. They're all equal. There's no, you know, there's no morality is in existence. Is or morality is something of this world? There's no like universal morality. What is that? What is that? What is universal morality? It doesn't exist. It's a human thing that was made up by religious folk to be like, oh, y'all niggas, piece of shit. You need to do this, you piece of shit. And then maybe you can go to heaven, right? Hope, setting people up for hope. That's a huge thing what religion is. Well, if you follow these rules and you do this, then it's like, oh, well, you know, hopefully you'll make it to heaven. If not, you'll burn in hell forever. Ah, fear, you know, the other side. And you have people fearing burning in hell and hoping they'll make it to heaven. Then you have people just fucking out of their mind because they're fucking how to deal not only with the shackles of the fear of what will happen if they don't moralistically – aren't moralistically proper, right? So they're shackled by that, the fear of going to hell. Then the balloon – so it's like, it's like when people are drawn in quarters, when the horses, like, pull them apart. That's what religion is doing to people emotionally and psychologically, right the balloon of the hope of heaven is pulling them away and then the the, the shackle of fear is holding them down so someone's got to give a leg or an arm is going to come off and you know we don't want to uh i don't know what was going with that whole drawn and quarter thing but uh, well yeah i mean just religion it sells you on hope just like i was saying about marketing and, and products and politicians they're all selling hope right that's the drug they'll 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 put in some fear in there right to be like oh yeah these terrorists these such and such these people uh you know coming from mexico the you know the russians the this the that you know the the people uh selling bad cheese you know it's like Ooh, right? they'll they'll sprinkle in some fear but not too much because you don't want to completely get someone like all like fear doubts right but you got to be like Hey, this is serious. Look at this fear. Did you know about this? Yeah, this is happening. Right on your block, right around the corner from you. So you should vote for me, right? So they sprinkle on the fear, but they largely sell the hope. That's their main drug. That's the main drug that they want to sell you on energetically. Where it's like, yeah, I know the I know, I know, I know the fear. Yeah, I know. I just told you about the fear. But this is why I'm here. I got the hope, folks. It's two for twenty yellow tops nigga (laughs) yellow tops nigga that's what politicians do with hope right they sell the yellow tops like yellow tops two for two for one we out here wmd wmd that's what politicians do that's what corporations do they sell you on hope they sell you on the idea of you want the world to be better you want yourself to be better you want your community together these are all hopes and i got news for you until further notice malkuth earth the matrix is what it is, right? We need to get away from, like I was even having a moment at my job where I started. I took on a new role at this at this company I work for, right? And I'm doing different stuff now. I've noticed all these different things that I'm like, yeah, I should have a meeting with my supervisors about this and that, right? But I was thinking about it yesterday. I was like, or no, or I just deal with the situation as is, and maybe if they ask me, like, oh yeah, this sort of thing, I brought things up to them but not not trying to be like, oh yeah, I need to make this better and do this, and then if we do that, right? I was like, no, I'm just gonna take it as is, right? Is my job being hindered by any of the, thing I, any of the things on this list I was gonna bring up? No, it's not. Sure, things could run more smoothly, right? But is, are things being hindered if these things don't get accomplished? No, I would say not. And it's just my hope to create a better, system, a better program that I was running on. And I had to check myself about that. I'm like, okay, well, I could, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fall back on, on this thing. I was going to call a meeting and like have a whole list of things and like this needs to be done and blah, 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 blah. The more I think about it, I was like, no, it's, it's fine. It's fine. I could do with this as is and it's totally fine. It, it works well enough. And, you know, maybe we'll get to a day It's like, you know, maybe in a month. It'll get to a point where I'm like, you know what? Actually, I do need to say something about this. And I'll do that. But it's something pressing that I need to bring up. But it's something that I'm like, I hope this program can be better. I want it to be better. So here are the things that I can do to help it be better. There's nothing wrong with that. But I had to to realize like, hmm, huh, does that need to be done? Do I need to do that? I don't think so. And so, we're always in this battle of wanting to make things better. I mean, you could you could not want to make things better, right? Um, for whatever reason, you don't think it's like, well, this shit's shitty. I don't want to make my life better. My life is what it is, right? You, know? you have many reasons why you don't want to make things better in the world or in your life. Um, but we need to start really looking at and I'm saying this as someone who went to school as a social worker, the egotism involved with making things better, right? I've said this before. I don't know, 75% of making the world better, making things better is probably directly out of people's ego and not as compassionate, not as empathetic, not as caring, not as kind as it's presented. Again, appearances are illusions. All appearances are illusions. I don't even like talking about cold science. (laughs) Appearances are illusions. I don't even enjoy doing videos. I'm just doing this because someone paid me. No. Um, You know, um, appearances are illusions. And so we just need to be honest with ourselves about, well, why do I feel I need to make this better? You don't have that honest conversation with ourselves. And often I don't feel like we do. We don't really probe that to a deep level of why do I need to make this better? You know, I mean, lots of times it's like, well, it's for the babies, it's for the children. Okay, I get that, I get that. Um, How's that working out? I'm being callous, but I'm asking a question. How's that working out in Malkuth? Making things better for the babies. We've been saying that for generations. So either it's there's something that else is getting in the way of that, making it better for the babies, and obviously things have improved, you know, whatever. Um, or things are what they are. And we need to stop thinking about, well, the world would be better if. No, the world is what it is. The world is what it is. Now, one's perception of the world can always change. Right, um, I think it was Wayne Dyer. He has something where it's like the world is perfect; it's just our perception is fucked up. I would agree with that. I mean, I would say there's nothing wrong with the world because I'm of the understanding. I get what this place is. I get what this place does to us when we come and have a physical experience. I understand why we have issues. Why I have issues. In my life, I'm understanding to a higher degree. So when the world is being the world, and people react to the world based on the world being the world, I'm not surprised. It can always take forms where I'm like, oh, that's an interesting new flavor of the world being the world. Like, oh, I didn't see, I didn't see that one coming, but that's usually how it goes. Like, oh, I didn't see that twist. Um, but I'm not necessarily surprised when the world is being the world, right? When fucked up shit happens. I don't want fucked up shit to happen, right? But that's a hope. Fucked up shit is going to happen. And I'm, I'm further releasing the idea, it's like, well, when everybody does a whole bunch of shrooms and ayahuasca, then the world will be idyllic. Okay, maybe. But also, that could create more problems. You're really, it's a lot of assumptions that it's like, oh, well, you know, I used to be like that. Oh, well, everybody just needs to do some shrooms. Or everybody just needs to do this. Everybody just needs to meditate, right? Maybe. I can help lots of people. Sure. Sure. But also create more of a mess. Create more of a mess. And that's not normally how we usually think of those things. We're like, well, when this happens, when we get the right people in office, I always love that. You know what? When we get the right people in office, man, they're gonna they're gonna change this shit. How's that working out for you folks? I'm extra saucy and spicy today because yeah, yeah. My I, I just it's just so silly now. Um how's that working out? How, how many generations you be saying, "Oh, we need the right people in there." At what point are we going to admit that it's like that whole thing is what it is. Politicians, government, that whole thing is what it is. Doesn't mean every once in a while a broken clock can't get the right time, right? But we need to understand what that shit actually is. And again, they are hope drug dealers. Drug dealers of hope. That's what society does. The Matrix and Malkuth. Okay? And they sell you on that hope. They they kind and they kinda it's like um Okay, it's like the concept of shouts Gabor Mate. When you look at people who have become addicted to drugs, right? Hard drugs, right? And you look at their their ACE score, which is Adverse childhood experience, right? It's a sort of survey or assessment you give to someone. And it could be t- to the extent of, you know, their parents split up. There was a divorce, right? There was a, a, a loss of a, a close family member, a friend, you know, all the way up to violence, abuse, all that sort of stuff, right? Rape, all those sorts of things, right? So it runs the gamut. Um, you know, when they study th- these things, you know, if someone had just a few of these Adverse childhood experiences, like they were just thousands times more likely to become a, a hardcore drug user, a hard drug user. Um, so it's like the fear, which is connected to trauma, right? Especially in the melanated minds, right? The fear and the trauma of just being a black person in the world, right? You know, that will be tethered to the hope, right? They'll, they'll, they'll stroke on the fear and then they'll be quick to be like, "Hey, oh yeah, you're you're traumatized, you're triggered, you're, you're you're thinking about your fears. Oh, here's some hope. Here's some hope. Yeah, just oh, this will mellow you out. Just just take some hope. Just take two hope pills, and it, it'll you'll be fine, right? Just like just chill out. Take some hope pills. Big Daddy government, Big Mommy government has got you. Okay, we have the hope. Okay, look at us. Look at this plaque behind us. Right, we, we're hope salesmen. This is what we know. We're hope scientists. Okay." And this is the back and forth this is the seesaw this is the yang and yang that people get caught in thank god I don't fucking get caught up in that shit anymore because that shit is exhausting and I'm not saying I have a well I do have a better solution become an occultist that's my better solution rather than being a po- politicianist or a, whatever you want to call it it's a, a political a political uh, consumer <laughs> um, yeah become an occultist right and see far beyond that become a buddhist become a Taoist. you don't necessarily become those things but study those things study the occult path study buddhism study Taoism, because them niggas would be like yeah illusions and illusions folks in their own different flowery ways they'll come back to that point it's like mm-hmm. oh yeah that oh yeah that was an illusion mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. oh that too yep oh yeah you delude yourself with that oh yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um so that that's my solution that's how i navigate that space and i just when, when i see like oh this politician whatever whatever said this did this i'm like oh, okay interesting that's funny um but you know i don't i don't hold on to it like it's the bee's knees like you know it's a, it's a revolving door you know what i'm saying frankly this is a a, a, a <laughs> An unpopular opinion. But I hope Trump wins in 2024 because that shit would be hilarious. And nothing's going to change people. That's what you need to understand. And this isn't necessarily beating up on governments. They're there. It is what it is. You know what I'm saying? It's like a hammer it is a job. A screwdriver has a job. Politicians, they have a certain job. Are you going to be mad at a screwdriver that can't hammer? you be mad that a hammer can't screwdrive? No, you're going to be like, this is what those tools do you use it for a certain a certain task and then you use another tool for another task right so i look at politicians as like this is what they are this is what happens this is what they do they're drug dealers of hope you know it is what it is so i don't you know it's no water off my back cuz you know i don't even entertain the the hope the fear the lies the truths the half lies mixed with truths i don't entertain any of it i just it's like watching like ooh what's on CNN politics today like it's a it's a drama series you know I don't I don't look at it anything more than that you know real life oh man forget about it it's like the most unreality illusion shit out there but anyways so this is what society does it's a hope drug dealer right it sells you on hopes hopes that you want to be better hopes that life could be better hopes that this and that and the other thing but you know what when you're snorting all those hope pills, when you're doing all those hope lines into your veins, you know what you're not doing? You're not being in the moments. You're not being present. You're not experiencing a reality. Good, bad, indifferent, ugly, disgusting, beautiful. Well, probably beautiful. You're like, oh, look at that. Oh, that beautiful thing. But ooh, disgusting. Like, oh, where's the babysitter again? Tuck me in, babysitter. Um, you're going to just float away with the hope and not deal with your reality so let's get back to pema okay so this is where renunciation enters the picture renunciation of the hope that our experience could be different renunciation of the hope that we could be better the buddhist monastic rules that advise renouncing liquor renouncing sex and so on are not pointing out that those things are inherently bad or immoral but that we use them as babysitters We use them as a way to escape. We use them to try to get comfort and to distract ourselves. The real thing that we renounce is the tenacious hope that we could be saved from being who we are. Renunciation is a teaching to inspire us to investigate what's happening every time we grab something because we can't stand to face what's coming. Yeah, I'm going to keep going. Once I was sitting next to a man on an airplane who kept interrupting our conversation to take various pills. I asked him, what is it that you're taking? He answered that they were tranquilizers. I said, oh, are you nervous? And he said, no, not, not now, but I think when I get home, I'm going to be. You can laugh at this story, but what happens with you when you begin to feel uneasy, unsettled, and queasy? Notice the panic. Notice when you instantly grab for something. That grabbing is based on hope. Not grabbing is called hopelessness. If hope and fear are two sides of one coin, so are hopelessness and confidence. If you're willing to give up hope that insecurity and pain can be exterminated, that we can have the courage to relax the groundlessness of our situation. This is the first step on the path. If there is no interest in stepping beyond hope and fear, then there's no meeting in taking refuge there's no meaning in taking refuge in the Buddha, the Dharma and the Sangha. Taking refuge in the Buddha, Dharma and Sangha is about giving up hope of getting ground under our feet. We are ready to take refuge when this style of teaching. Whether we feel completely up to her or not, it is like hearing something hauntingly familiar, like the experience of a child meeting its mother after a long separation. Um, And, yeah, like kind of that. I feel like that's lots of times what happens with, you know, uh, what do you want to talk about? Uh, Spiritual people uh, going after spiritual teachers and things like that. Why does this only say 12 minutes? Hmm interesting, very interesting, because this has been on for more than 12 minutes, so I'm not sure why it says 12 minutes on here, okay, well, hopefully, <laughs> well, I could get that video other places, um, anyways, so, um, oh, so, yeah, so a lot of people, You know, that's why they'll go after a guru and spiritual teacher because it's like, oh, this person has the answers, right? But what they're really seeking is they want ground under their feet, right? They want something where it's like, oh, okay, I understand now. And that's why it's like funny the occult path and the spiritual path because the further you go, the further you're like, what the fuck, right? Because lots of times the information is conflicting, right? You could hear someone say something like, yeah, this, I had this experience astral travel or whatever right then you astral travel and then it's like i did not have that experience my experience was like this in regards to you know what that person was talking about let's say they meet an entity there it's like oh that nigga was nice as fuck when i met him like he wasn't trying to harm me like hmm, interesting but it's it's up to you as a scientist to determine what makes sense to you right you know because just because some nigga said it like that's his truth doesn't mean it's going to be your truth Right, it can lead some insight, it can be some interesting things you can reflect upon, but it doesn't mean it's going to align with your inner reality, your inner truth. That's what you need to figure out. That's your path, that is your mission. No one can do it for you, folks. No one can follow your path for you. That is up to you. You need to figure out what your truth is. Forget all the niggas out there. I don't care if even it's me. Hear all the shit I'm saying, doesn't resonate with you, fuck it. Throw it out. Sit back. Think about anything I said. And it's like, ooh, okay, I think about that. And then yes and. If you've ever heard of um, yes and and um, doing uh, what's it called? Um, uh, What's this shit called when you do fucking improv? I don't know why that took so long to remember. You know, it's like the idea of if someone starts a scene and like, oh, I'm driving a bus, right? Yes and is the next person is like, oh, I'm a passenger on a bus and I'm wearing a funny hat. And the next person keeps adding on to it, right? They accept what, you know, the previous person set up and they add to it, right? In the same way I take, when I hear insights from other people, when I hear thoughts about topics from other people, it doesn't necessarily even need to be yes and. It could be no and. It could be like, no, and I think about that this way, right? This is my insight based on that topic that that person presented to me. Or it could be like, yeah, it's like, oh, I see what they're saying and and I vibe with that and- this makes me think of this, or this further makes me look at it like this. And you expand whatever the idea that the seed was planted from that person, but the the original idea was just sprouted off of this. Because you had an original idea in there, but it just took something kind of bringing it out of you for you to kind of see it and be aware of it, right? Nothing else. They They didn't, like, give you an idea, right? They just... Were a catalyst for the idea to come out of you. Like I, anything I'm saying, niggas and all sorts of texts and books have been saying for many, many, many moons and millennia, and I claim no ownership on it. I'm just a vessel. I'm just a talking mouthpiece who is so inspired to share my insights off of this information, my thoughts and reflections and feelings and perspectives on this information but ultimately it's up to you to figure out what is your truth how this aligns for you if it makes sense for you and how it intertwines and interweaves with your life and your truth and that's what the buddha said that's what i'm saying figure it out yourself you're the scientist you just put the ingredients together Whether it's ingredients i say whether it's something you read in a book whether it's a funny bumper sticker you see You put the ingredients together, you do your own experiments, and you figure out what's up. Don't let anybody tell you that this is what's up. Even myself, I will never tell people this is what's up. I will say this is my insight, this is my experience, this is my way of looking at it, this is my perspective. But even then, my, you know, again, it's something that's come through me. Then initially it's mine, like I own it, I have a receipt. Hey, look at this insight. This is my receipt insight. You know what I'm saying? Look at it right here. You know, like I bought it on, on July 5th, 2021. I got I got the doc I got the receipts to prove it, right? It's it's not about that. It's about just the information coming to me and being being like, hmm, yes, and okay. Let me put a video out there about that. Because I feel this is an important topic that I haven't seen someone do a video about abandoning all hope. So here I am. I'm sure there's videos out there, but I haven't seen them. Anyways. So so lots of times when we teach out gurus and teachers, it could be spiritual teachers, it could be business gurus, it could be any any sort of guru or teacher, a lot of times that's our ego wanting ground under it. It's not necessarily about the information about. It. it's like, oh, I want a security blanket." Again, I want the babysitter to come and swaddle me and tell me a bedtime story and give me a bottle because I don't want to deal with my own reality myself and it doesn't mean. If someone gives us a blanket, it doesn't mean if someone gives us a hot bottle of milk, we reject it. But we need to recognize if we're pursuing that because we don't want to deal with our reality directly. If we don't want to deal with our experience directly. So, we need to recognize that, folks. We need to recognize that. What else did you say? Um, Yeah, groundlessness. Yeah, you know, I mean... We feel insecure, so we're always like, ground, babysitter, I need some grounding, I need, I need a babysitter, I need a babysitter immediately. It's like, I need an adult, I need a babysitter to get me out of the present moment. You know, this is what it is. Hopelessness is the basic ground. Otherwise, we're going to make the journey with the hope of getting security. Right, like what I was talking about yesterday, where, you know, meditation As much as I know meditation is like the cornerstone of developing in the occult path, I need to release my hope that's going to further my occult path by meditating. Okay, I just need to do it for the love of the game. Sit and meditate and what happens, happens. But the hope of, oh yeah, like once I've been meditating for another few years, ooh yeah, yo, niggas better watch out. Like I need to release that hope, right? The love of the game. That's how we should be doing things. Not for the groupies, not for the fame, not for the excess, because it's like, we just love doing this, and there's no hope attached to it. There's no balloon that we're trying to get lifted off the ground and fly away from reality with, into delusion and illusion land. Anyways, um, if we make the journey to get security, we're completely missing the point. We can do our meditation practice with the hope of getting security. Exactly what I was talking about. We can study the teachings with the hope of getting security. We can follow all the guidelines and instructions with the hope of getting security. But it will only lead to disappointment and pain. Let me read that again. We can follow all the guidelines and instructions with the hope of getting security. But it will only lead to disappointment and pain. We could save ourselves a lot of time by taking this message very seriously right now. Begin the journey without hope of getting ground under your feet. Begin with hopelessness. All anxiety, all dissatisfaction, all the reasons for hope that our experience could be different are rooted in our fear of death. Fear of death is always in the background. As the Zen master, Shunryu Suzuki Roshi, said, Life is like getting into a boat that's just about to sail out to sea and sink. But it's very hard, no matter how much we hear about it, to believe in our own death. Many spiritual practice try to encourage us to take our own death seriously. But it's amazing how difficult it is to, to allow it to hit home. This is why the Buddhists, they sit in the charnel grounds where just dead bodies just decomposing. You just sit there and you meditate while looking at that dead body. You're like, that's going to be me someday. Let me let, let, me let that sink in. And you see vultures tearing them apart. Yep, that's going to be me. You take that to heart, and when you see it happening in real life, it kind of drives the point home a little bit harder than when it's like, oh, yeah, death. It's just out there. You know, it's like a thing. Even if it's like, oh, this person died that you know, it's like, oh, well, you know, that was them. Um, Many spiritual practices try to encourage us to take our own death seriously, but it's amazing how difficult it is to allow it, to allow it to hit home. The one thing in life that we can really count on is incredibly remote for all of us, we don't go, go so far as to say, no way, I'm not going to die, because of course we know that we are. But it definitely will be later. That's the biggest hope. Trump, I just literally, Trump, Trumpa, I don't know why I completely didn't know how to say his name. Trumpa Rimpoche once gave a public lecture titled Death in Everyday Life. We are raised in a culture that fears death and hides it from us. Nevertheless, but we're always presented with hope, right? Not, not death. Well, we are presented death, but like in a not, not a Buddhist or Taoist way or even a cult way. We're in the form of disappointment, in the form of things not working out. That's why when you look at traditional cultures where shamans are involved and they do rituals just as a matter of going about their daily life, think about how they relate to death. Right, we could say they have superstitions, which they could. They could create some superstitions. Like, oh, if we don't bury this person, they'll come back and turn into a zombie and grab my butt. You know, there, there could be so many superstitions that are built around it. But at the very least, a lot of traditional indigenous cultures are very, at the very least, like, oh yeah, yeah, we'll see that nigga again. Like, yo, he's just going, he's going down the street. Oh, the other side. Oh, he's with Mitch Johnson on the other side. You know what I'm saying? It's not like oh, death. He's gone yeah in this form but he's just transformed he's just taking on new form right it's like oh just got a new winter coat like oh yeah that old winter coat yeah no it's like you know it's summer now so or winter whatever um okay uh we are raised in a culture that fears death and hides it from us nevertheless we experience it all the time we experience it in the form of disappointment in the form of things not working out we experience it in the form of hiding things always being in a process oh no We experience it in the form of disappointments, in the form of things not working out. We experience it in the form of things always being a process of change. When the day ends, when the second ends, when we breathe out, that's death in everyday life. Death in everyday life could also be defined as experiencing all the things that we don't want. Our marriage isn't working. Our job isn't coming together. Having a relationship with death in everyday life means that we begin to be able to wait, to relax with insecurity, with panic, with embarrassment, with things not working out. As the years go on, we don't call the babysitter quite so fast. Death and hopelessness provide proper motivation, proper proper motivation. Proper motivation for living an insightful, compassionate life. But most of the time, warding off death is our biggest motivation. We habitually ward off any sense of a problem, We always try to deny that it's a natural occurrence, that things change, that the sand is slipping through our fingers. Time is passing. It's as natural as the seasons changing and day turning into night. We, But getting old, getting sick, losing what we love, we don't see those events as natural occurrences. We want to war off the sense of death no matter what. And this is, again, this is where the hope will sweep in be like, oh yeah, like I was talking earlier with, with my friend about You know, if you're a parent, right, even if you don't articulate or not, there's an underlying hope that your child is going to outlive you, that you are not going to have to bury your child. But we know for a fact, presented much evidence, that is not always the case, right? There's been plenty of times, whether it's babies, teenagers, young adults, you know, middle-aged people, where for whatever reason, a parents, parents, Will have to bury their child, you know, and it's like, well, that, oh, that no, parents shouldn't have to bury their child. And my response to that, you know, is like, niggas shouldn't get shot by the cops. We know that happens. And we know that children die before their parents, but there's a hope attached to it. And I'm not saying if the hope wasn't attached to it, it would be any less sad or traumatic or shocking when this happens. But it doesn't help that there's a hope attached to that, that parents have somewhere in their subconscious or in their conscious mind that they're thinking about. That's like, oh, I hope this nigga outlives me because I don't want to deal with burying them. You know, Um, that's a real reality um, because, you know, it's like our own death is one thing. But it's like the death of other people. Oh, man, we you know, because we it's like, well, I'm going to live a long life or I hope to live a long life. Not everybody does. Not everybody does. Some people die at 20. Some people die at 5. Some people die at 93. And some people die at 40. And the people die at 40, they could have been super healthy. And the people die at 90 could have smoked every day of their life. There's no rhyme or reason to it sometimes. And, you know, it defies even health and science at some points. And this is where you put on your occultist hat and be like, what was going on with that person where they lived that long? You know, but... You know, you could say it's like, well, why is it a good thing if someone lives until they're 90? Why is it a bad thing that if someone only lives to they're 40, right? These are the, th- the things to think about, right? Because especially if society is like, oh, that's bad that someone only lived to this age. It's like, oh, okay, maybe. That's your view on it. And that's, how society, and that's how society views death, where it's like, oh, you're in Malkuth longer? Oh, that's good. Oh, you're in the fucked up Malkuth matrix? Oh, that's great. Oh, 50 more years in the fucked up matrix? Oh, yeah, that's wonderful. That's lovely. Yeah, that's what we all want, compared to being an energetic form out in the other world. Yeah, which do I want? That's not even close. The one I want, right? I'm not going to cut my time here on Malkuth short. But if it gets to a point where it's like, hey, I'm 50 and something's happening and, you know, I have an illness, I can make peace with that. I say that now, if I'm lying in a hospital bed and that's happening, well, I'm sure my tune will slightly be different. But hopefully, see what I did there? (laughs) You know, I've dealt with my hopes further at that point. So, you know, when when the time for that ship to sink, whenever it comes, I I can... um, I can be like, all right, well, ship sinking, you know. Thought we were going to be a little bit further out, but here we are, you know, and and we can roll with it. And it sounds like a callous attitude, but it's just kind of recognizing what happens and what this place is and how this place plays out and our interaction with it. So we got to deal with the death part of it because, yeah, that because our fear of death will have a further on the teat of hope and further one to snort all the hope pills and all the lines of hope and all the hope injections because we're so afraid of death and we're so triggered um, from this fear that it's like we just want to do extra hope, right? It's like if you have a an extra bad day of work, let's say like you're someone who drinks, right? And you have an extra bad day of work, right? And more than a usual bad day it's like extra it's like you're gonna want to drink twice as much as you normally did because it was extra terrible today maybe after work you have a few beers and you relax or whatever right you have a few babysitters oh let me drink some few babysitters right oh yeah that took the edge off I had a few babysitters today right um but yeah maybe on that extra terrible day you know you're gonna be like uh yeah I need seven babysitters seven liquid babysitters to, to get me through this feeling Uh, Anyways, when we have reminders of death, we panic. It isn't just that, we cut our finger, blood begins to flow, and we put a band-aid. We put on a band-aid. We add something extra. Our style. Some of us just sit there stoically and bleed all over our clothes. Some of us get hysterical. We don't just get a band-aid. We call the ambulance and go to the hospital. Some of us put on designer band-aids. But whatever our style is, it's not simple. It's not bare bones. Can't we just return to the bare bones? Can't we just come back? That's the beginning of the beginning. Bare bones, good old self. Bare bones, good old bloody finger. Relaxing, uh, come back to the square one, just the minimum bare bones. Come back to square, to, geez. uh, Relaxing with the present moment. Relaxing with hopelessness. Relaxing with death. Not resisting the fact that things end, that things pass, that things have no lasting substance, that everything is changing all the time. That is the basic message. Let me read that again, folks. Relaxing with the present moment. Relaxing with hopelessness. Relaxing with death. Not resisting the fact that things end, that things pass, that things have no lasting substance, that everything is changing all the time. That is the basic message. That's it. Things are always changing. Even if you don't see the change yet, at some point it will manifest. And it will go from oh, this was brewing in the background to, like, this is what it is. This is what's happening now. This person died. This person's sick. This person yelled at you on the subway. This person stole your car. This person gave you $100. Oh, wow. You know, things are always changing. That, you know, the classic quote, change is the one permanent thing. Impermanence is the one permanent thing that – if you want to count on something around, in reality, count on that shit is never going to stay the same. Count on that. Set your watts to that. Don't actually set your watts to it because that'll change, and you'll have to reset your watts. So just don't set your watts to that. But you get the under, you get the point. You can set your watts that things and permanence is always gonna come up. That change is always gonna happen, even if it's been oh, it's been like this for 20 years. Year 21 shit could go 180 degrees from, from what it was year one through 20. So you better believe that. and you, you better meditate your hiney off so when these changes happen, you're not so like, oh, my God, because meditation inherently is training to be in the present moment. It's training to be right there, right now. So when things come up, you're not like, oh, my God, like this. You're like, oh, that came up. Okay, well, how are we going to respond? How are we going to deal with it? It's a much less um what's the word? Sensationalistic response, like kind of how she was saying about like we have our own style where it's like like someone calls you is like, Hey, did you know Frank is sick? Oh my god, Frank is sick, oh my goodness. Right? Like we'll just do a whole act. We'll do a whole whole act related to that information. Rather than being like, Oh wow, like you know, we could we could just tone it down and be like Oh, what happened? Like, tell me, like, okay, like, what hospital is he at? Right. But usually, we, 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 our ego wants to throw a whole act with it, you know, with props and like pearl clutching, right? That's a style we, we put on the things we experience, right? But we can just do bare bones, as you're saying. Anyways, when we talk about hopelessness and death, we're talking about the facing the facts, no escapism. We may, st- we may still have addictions of all kinds, but we cease to believe in them as a gateway to happiness. And that's how I feel. As much as I still consume cannabis, I, I see it for what it is. And when I think about my life long term, I don't think about like, oh, yeah, when I'm 50, I'm smoking joints. Like, that's not – when I think about like how I want well, my life to involve, me smoking is not part of the equation. So, you know, it's it's a phase, if anything else, you know. And I'm sure the more I deal with my chakras, the more I deal with my traumas, the more I align with what I want to do, how I want to go about being in the world. Right? It sounds a lot of, like a, a lot of hopes, but I'm aware of that. So I know you're probably thinking, hey, he's hoping right now. What's up with that? <laughs> um that naturally my um naturally my desire in quote unquote need to smoke will just fade away because I've dealt with the things that even prompted me to want to smoke in the first place. And it's not even like something I even think about. It's like, oh, that's happening. Oh, okay. Whatever. Um, so we've done it so many times that we know the grasping at this hope is a source of misery that makes a short-term pleasure a long-term hell. Giving up hope is encouragement to stick with yourself, to make friends with yourself, to not run away from yourself, to return to the bare bones, no matter what's going on. Um, Fear death is the background of the whole thing. It's why we feel restless, why we panic, why there's anxiety. But if we totally experience hopelessness, giving up all hope of alternatives to the present Moments, we can have a joyful relationship with our lives, an honest, direct relationship, one that no longer ignores the reality of impermanence and death. So, that's it. I'm not going to even. I don't even need to go further into that. Abandon all hope. That's the message. Lean into the impermanence. Lean into the chains. Nothing is solid. No stable waves. No calming thoughts. Chaos is a good thing. All opposite message of what we're normally given in reality and these are not negative message folks these are this is a direct way of seeing the world but as I said before you figure out what works for you and you are the scientist so figure out your truth I just hope I just hope you can gain some insights out of this but if you don't I'm not attached to that hope balloon. So I'm not going to fall and break my ankle if it doesn't happen. So peace out. And remember, abandon all hope, smile at fears, and make amazing peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. is this four? No, this is three. So, let's just do that. Okay. I hope that's good. So, Instagram, I feel like I've been hard on you. I feel like I have been hard on you. So, you get a dedicated live today, but YouTube and Facebook, I'm just recording and going to upload it, a recorded version, but you get a live. So, congratulations to you, Instagram. So... I actually don't care if people tune in, but you know, I, I was a little hard. I don't know what's going on with Instagram folk. I don't even know if people tuned in on Facebook or YouTube, but it's not about that. It's about the information. So, as I was reflecting last night, you know, I was like, "Man, that was a good video," but I may have, I don't know, not gone too far. But I was just thinking about the title, "Abandon All Hope," and as much as. It's not clickbait, because that's literally what we're talking about. It's not a clickbait title. But I was like, well, if someone doesn't click on it, they're going to be like, what the fuck is going on here? This dude's lost it. What is he talking about Abandon All Hope? And so I was like, I need to know the video. And the more I thought about it, actually, through intuition, I actually came back with some Lojong slogans, which we'll get into in a moment, that directly relate to what we are talking about. So um, I was like, you know, I need to do another version right so this is the the end of the abandon all hope trilogy and hold on we're gonna do this because i don't know it's harder to hold on instagram bear with me bear with me okay instagram i hope that's good well let me check well do i need to check well let's check That works much better. Anyways, let's just turn that up a little bit. Okay. So upon thinking about it, you know, it need another version. There were some still some things that I did not say in the previous videos that I said I was gonna say, but I didn't get to. So that's where this third Abandon All Hope sequel came from. And so there's a few things. One I was actually thinking, so if you don't know what lojong is, lojong is a Buddhist practice. It's based on 59 slogans. And it's a very practical practice because you take a slogan, you reflect upon it, you apply it in your life. For example, number 13, be grateful to everyone. There's no trick. There's no... Oh, this is what they – no, they literally mean be grateful for everyone. Or contemplate the kindness of everyone. That's an alternative version of it. And, yeah, it's literally that. You, you're you grateful for everyone, right? Always maintain a joyful mind. It's exactly like it sounds. And we don't mean joyful necessarily like, oh, look at me, I'm smiling, right? Just, just an inner joy that permeates – you know, your existence, right? You always have a joyful mind. Even in the midst of sadness, even in the midst of heartbreak, you still have an inner deep joy that kind of permeates even the trauma, the sadness, the pain, the unhappiness. So I was thinking about, so it's a great practice. um, And actually there's two books, which I'm going to read from. First is Training the Mind, Cultivating Love and Kindness, Shogam Trumpa. Show that to the Instagram folks. And then the source material for that book, which is Jamgon Controls' Great Path of Awakening. Well, check that out. Check that out. Um, and this Great Path of Awakening was a source text for Chogum's book, right? Because this came out, I don't know, 1800s? Yeah, 1800s. Um, anyways, they're great. I've been working with them for probably, you know, 10 years now at this point. Um, and yeah, the you know, there's ones that I just I really remember and like things will come up in my life. I'd be like, Oh yeah, that one. Like, don't ponder others. That's one that always comes up in my mind because you know what? I'm always pondering others. I'm always like, What's going on with Sally? What's going on with Susie? What but, you know, it doesn't really matter. What's going on with me? You know, don't ponder others. Because at least my insight in, in thinking about this over the years is You'll never fully understand why people do what they do, so it's kind of a moot point at at a, at a certain place. And you should just really just take all that energy. and focus on Susie and John and Jermaine and Tito and David Ruffin. <laughs> There's someone who we enrolled in the program where I work in today. His name was David Ruffin. <laughs> I was like, the Temptation? He's back? He's back? That <laughs> was like, David Ruffin. <laughs> That's a great name. Um, anyways. So these slogans are very helpful, right? They they you know, Chogim puts it, they help open your hearts and tame your ego, right? And train your mind also. So anyway, so I was thinking about one of these slogans, which the slogan is the two activities, one at the beginning and one at the end, right? But I didn't remember like what number it was, and so I was like, "Wait, isn't that?" And I was trying to figure it out, right? So I have them each slogan on a piece of paper. And then I came to one that I forget it about cuz I really, you know, I'd read it numerous times but it didn't stick out like the other ones I've just mentioned, right? This slogan. And You know what the slogan was, folks? I was like, "Oh man, this is going to part 3." I'd already kind of committed to a part 3, but once I read this, I was like, "Oh man, we got we got more, we got more to share about this." So, there's two versions of it cuz right there's the version from Great Path of Awakening and there's a version from Training of the Mind. Now, Training the Mind references part of the version in Great Path Awakening. So I'll read that one first, and then I'll read the Cho'giv one. Da-da-da-da. Okay, so the slogan is, give up all hope for results. What's that? What did he say? I didn't hear. I was baking cookies. I was doing dishes. I was on a crowded street. I didn't hear what he said. Oh, I'll read it again. It says, give up all hope for results. Wow, we were talking about that for the past two days. What are the odds? They're very good. Shout out to intuition because I would forgotten about these slogans. Okay, so give up hope of subduing gods and demons by meditating on mind training. Or hope that you'll be considered a good person when you try to help someone who has hurt you. These are hypocritical attitudes. In a word, give up hope for any result that concerns your own welfare, such as the the desire for fame, respect, happiness, and comfort in this life, the happiness experienced in the human or God realms in future lives, or the attainment of nirvana for yourself. Ooh, boy. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. Yeah. Give up all those hopes and dreams and desires and successes. It doesn't mean you, you stop doing the things that may lead to this thing, which I think we've talked about before, but I will reiterate, because this one is also called Redefining Hope. Okay? So, let's read the Chogum version. If I just get back to the page. So, this one is Abandon Any Hope of Fruition. Slightly different... Uh, wording okay so how long is this oh okay um this slogan means that you should give up any possibilities of becoming the greatest person in the world by means of your training in particular you might quite impatiently expect that because of lojong practice you'll become a better person you may be hoping that you'll be invited to more little clubs and gatherings your protégés or gatherings by your protégés or friends who are impressed with you The point is that you have to give up any such possibility. Otherwise, you become an egomaniac. In other words, it is too early for you to collect disciples. Okay, there's more, but I just want to stop right there. One, this is a huge issue in kind of like the social media era, like especially what I'm doing, right? I am dispensing wisdom. I'm talking about occult science, spirituality, ancient wisdom, all that fun stuff. That is like so the antithesis of wanting followers, right? People want to follow me because they like this video, and they sure I'm I'm not gonna stop them. But it's like the concept of followers is like the opposite of what the like knowledge path is about, right? So people gaining followers, it's just it's just gonna fuck with your ego, folks. It's gonna turn you into an egomaniac. Like I was thinking about this yesterday, not necessarily related to this, but I was like who like how do you deal with success and fame right I was just kind of thinking about like what would be the best preparation so to, to deal with success and fame and I was like oh here it is okay so you're a monk who's been raised at five and you've j- greatly worked on your mind and then at 30 you're giving fame to success success but I was like Chogyam I love me chogum. I love him the man's brought me so much insight from his words Right in his way of explaining, pursuing enlightenment, to use that phrase, but even he had his demons. An enlightened being had his issues. We don't need to go into them. You could research them yourselves. Um, that he had to deal with, and you know that just understanding his life and what he's contributed, and allegedly other things he has done that you know aren't great. <laughs> um you know it just I, I said this to my friend the other day when we were talking about twitch dying i was like you know what i don't know what was going on with him and i read more about it where it was just like man like he just like left it left his car at home and like his wife was like he left his car here and like disappeared and he wasn't acting like himself and they went to a hotel and You know, I guess he shot himself at the hotel. Um, But the thing I said in response, I was like, you know, I don't know what was going on. This is just me kind of seeing the situation, kind of just thinking about it. Um, But, you know, successful, famous, well-known dancer, accolades, right? All these sorts of things, right? The darkness does not give a fuck about any of that. Our inner darkness, our trauma doesn't give a fuck if you have a Grammy or not. It doesn't give a fuck if you dance in front of 20,000 people. It, it doesn't even factor in. It doesn't even factor in into how, how that'll affect you. Right, so we could just say that all that shit's a wash. It doesn't really mean shit. It, it, it makes our ego feel good. Like, oh yeah, I got these awards. Like People applauded, that sort of things. And folks, I'm not against awards. I'm not against applauding. But it's the underlying intention, it's the underlying energy of these things that create issues in our life, right? Because, like, they, they take over. It's just all about the applause and not about, like, well, what's going on here? It's like, wait, wait, no. Babysitter, applause. I need more applause. Where's the applause? Anyways. So, you know you'll just like with anything you do you you want to get better right but this can just turn into you feeding your ego and spirituality is no different right i was having a conversation earlier with somebody where just about feeding one's ego right it's like this dude in my case who i really like and he's quote unquote the best person in my case like he's very motivated like, you know, even sets like funny, he's like, oh, I came to check on you today. I was like, oh, that's hilarious. Like, but he would be that type. Like, he's always just trying to put people on. Hey, do you know about this? Do you know about that? Reach out to these people. They can help out. Right. Cool, dude. Um, but uh, I was like, yeah, I don't want to pick up your ego. He's like, oh, I do that myself. Right. But that I was making the point where it's like, like anything, you know, it's all about context. It's all about, you know, is your ego running the show or is it have its role? And it's, you know, being a good soldier. Right. Like our higher minds needs to run the show. Our Buddha mind needs to run the show. And the ego could be a great soldier. Right. But the, the, the private is in the military. Does the private determine where they're going to bomb or where they're going to invade? No, the the colonels or fucking I don't know how it works in the military with the fucking not privates make those sort of determinations. Right. Um, and so you know, you just have to look at it in that context with your ego. It's like the ego is a private. It's like a, it's a, it's a, it's a rookie officer. You know, it doesn't make the decisions. So it shouldn't make the decisions. It needs to be a higher, more seasoned person in the organization, which is your mind who makes these calls. So, so yeah, so, uh, yeah, what you can get into, it can become an exercise of your ego, no matter what it is. It becomes just a huge exercise of your ego. And, you know, then it kind of, you know, are you helping people or are you serving your e- own ego? Remember what I said last time? I feel 70% of uh, compassionate activities is probably done out of people's ego deep down. And we have to be honest about these things, folks. We have to be honest. Have every time you've helped someone, you've done it purely for the whatever, for for the compassion? Or you're like, oh, like, did it make you feel good, right? That's why I love, you know, there's very rare situations where I will quote a Friends episode. But I thought this, from a philosophical standpoint, I thought this was a very clever episode. It really actually made me think. Where it was Phoebe and... It wasn't Joey, it was Phoebe and fucking, what's his name? The other dude, uh, Chandler. And they were having this debate throughout the episode about helping people, about like it's not a pure thing because it's like it makes you feel good. So it's like, how could it be that pure if it makes you feel good? I forget Chandler's exact um, counterpoint. He's like, oh, no, whatever, whatever, right? But I was with Phoebe. I was like, yeah, exactly, you know? Exercise of the ego, right? Doesn't mean don't help people, folks, but just means aware, be aware of your intentions when you do. And this is the example I always use. There's an old woman who is about to cross the street. Oh, maybe she looks like she needs help. And you're like, oh, you know, you see her like, oh, young woman, <laughs> young woman. Do you need some assistance with your bags as you cross the street? Oh, yes. laddie! oh, blah, 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 blah. Yes, I love some help. Okay, so you help her across the street. Right. Cool. Great. Fantastic. But there's another scenario where same thing, but there's a slight difference in the scenario. And that slight difference is Chelsea, who is in your – one of your college algebra classes (laughs) – she happens to be right there. She acts, has to be, you know, she's, you, you see her, and you see her notice you, but, you know, you know it's like, oh, I am Shilly. interesting. And maybe deep down, or maybe consciously, like, you know, kind of want to impress Shilly. You know, I'm a good guy. You know? Oh, let me help this old woman. Cross the street. Now, same activity that's on the surface. No one would know these inner workings except for you but different intentions underlying them. One is much more highly out of one's ego, and the other one is less out of one's ego. I mean, you know, it's, it's all up to you. But don't, don't believe yourself or really scrutinize yourself. Don't, you know, be like, oh, I'm a piece of shit. I've been doing all these kind deeds out of my own ego, right? No, 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 no. But just be aware that... The ego wants us to feel good. It's like, ooh, this nigga likes kindness? He likes helping others? Oh, okay, all right. Well, it's like, we'll do that. And there's a term. Sometimes it's called enabling in other circles. But shogyam refers to it as idiot compassion. What's that? What do you say? What word was that? What phrase? Oh, I'll say it again. Idiot compassion. And it's exactly what it sounds like. It's when you are being idiotic with your compassion. You're actually enabling people. Because you're probably doing out of your own ego, and you're enabling them because who the fuck knows? You feel guilty. You feel sad. You feel, I mean, this could be, like, for example, someone on my case, another person on my case that was talking about How, you know, he's repairing his relationship with his sons, right? He has an older son who's like, you know, his mid-20s, and he has a younger son who just started college, right? The older son has dealt with more of dad's shits, right? Because he was older when dad was not being a great role model, to say the least, right? The younger son, younger, doesn't have experience, right? So he's less, um, he's been less, Traumatized to use that word um, by the father's actions, right? But he's working on repairing and healing both relationships. And so something happened uh, where he he wanted to get his car, his, his son a car, and you know he was talking about it. He was talking about it, and he was talking to me about it, and then he you saw to was one of his friends about it, and you know his friend sort of pointed this out, and I kind of reiterated. It. It's like, listen. You're not going to undo the hurt you caused. You can only heal in the present moment. You're not going to erase how they felt, you know, all those years ago when this happened and you weren't there and that sort of stuff. But, 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 and you can, in the present, work on healing. It's not erasing, it's healing, right? You You don't get rid of the wounds, you heal the wounds, Right? You don't just like, oh the wound's gone, I'm like, oh great. Um, no, you heal the wound, right? But it's still there. You still may have a scar, but it's healed, right? It's taken care of. It's not infected. And, you know, it's like, yeah, you can't do things out of guilt in the present based on things you did in the past, because that's not a good energy to bring in. Um and again, that could be ego where it's like, Oh man, yeah, you need to you need to make it up to your son, like you need to do this for him, like and, like, the kind of the situation was the the son had, like, basically told his car and the guy had a check for it, then blew it, and then, like, wanted a car. But it was like, you should save the check you got for the car, and now you want a car now. So it was like that. So it was like, oh, okay, like, hmm. Um, so then he was kind of trying to swoop in there. And it's like, oh, let me get one for him. And then I was just like. Yeah, don't but don't do it out of guilt. Like don't do it because you're trying to repair and heal and you think this is a way to do that by getting this car or whatever the case may be. So um just yeah, the energy we bring in to um these situations is just always critical. And where was I? Oh yeah, yeah. So we can always bring in our ego to any situation if we are not aware of how our own personal brand and style of ego kind of weaves its way in there. Kind of weaves in there. And yes, oh, it's going to use hope. It's going to be like, oh, oh, hey, uh, yeah, hope, uh, come in here. Uh, <laughs> we we got to get this dude to do something. We got to get her to do something. Yeah, yeah, okay, thank you. Hope, uh, can, can you tell uh, Posh uh, <laughs> what you told me? Oh, million million dollars? That's what I'm going to make next year? Like, oh, yeah, I do hope for that, you know? And he goes like, oh, yes. <laughs> I got him to buy into the hope again. And so we just always have to be not on guard, but just aware of how sneaky we can be in our own minds. So let me keep reading. Let me keep reading because so I'm on a, on a schedule here. I'm going to the gym, and I think we may have to finish this later, but we're, we're going to keep going. Um. Okay, so working, uh, blah, blah, blah. working with slogans does not mean looking for temporary revelation or trying to achieve something by doing little smart things that have managed to quell people's problems in the past. You may have become a great speaker by giving one talk or a great psychologist who has managed to conquer other people's neurosis or a great literary figure who has read several books or a famous musician who has produced several albums. Such things are somewhat based on relating with reality properly, being connected with reality. But you want to subjugate the world in your own particular style, however subtle and sneaky that may be. By doing the same kind of trick, you hope to attain enlightenment. Mm -hmm. You have tuned into a professional approach and become a professional achiever. Mm -hmm. Right? Because we're all tied up into the hopes and dreams and success of what we're doing that it's like, it's about achievement, 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 achievement. Achievement, 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 right? But like achievements are not in the present moment. It's I, I shouldn't have to keep slowing down and stop to say these things. So I would hope people would understand this but I still feel called to say this. There's nothing wrong with achievements. There's nothing wrong with goals. There's nothing wrong with pursuing things. It's the hope and The fear, but hope in this specific example that we tie to these things that creates issues in our life, in our minds, in our hearts, in our reality, in our consciousness. That's the issue. It's not necessarily having dreams. It's the intention and energy that surround the dreams connected to our hope about the dreams, desires, goals, achievements, whatever. So say that again. I'm completely someone who nothing's good or bad. That sounds like a whimsical thing that spiritual people and occult people say, but I truly believe that. It's only our perception in this world that determines this is good or this is bad, and that's all relative. I hate olives, but to some people, olives are the best things in the world. Who's right, who's wrong? No one, both of us, you know? Some people don't like olives, other people don't. Right? Anything that can be determined good, because also in another context, we determined determine bad and vice versa. Bad is the same side of the coin as good. They are one coin. Same with hope and fear. Same coin, two different sides, not separate things, intertwined. When you got hope, you got fear. When you got fear, you got hope. Okay? Because when you hope for something to happen, you also fear at the same time that it, you know, you fear that it won't happen right, or anything related to that, right? So they're intertwined, they're connected, same side of the coin, yin and yang. Do I need to go further, okay? But I just need to keep pointing out that nothing is inherently bad or wrong. Just like nothing is inherently good or bad, like a loaf of bread, is bread good? You can make a case that bread is good. Ooh, it's delicious. It's a nice snack, right? You can make a case that bread's bad. Ooh, it's carbs. It's wheat. It's, ooh, ooh, gluten, right? Neither is right. Neither is wrong. It's up to you to determine what's right for you, okay? Not even the words I'm saying. Don't even fucking... Whatever. I'm just some guy in a office studio space with occult pictures behind me, reading from books and giving my insights, Okay. Now, I'm being a little whatever to myself, but the point is, figure it out yourself. You're the scientist. You are the scientist. Let me just take a break. I got eight minutes left. We're not going to get to everything. So I'm just going to take the rest of this time to tell you, 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 you who is watching this, you right now who is watching this video, who's sitting there, who's probably, I don't know, eating goldfish. Actual goldfish, not goldfish crackers. Like you're just actually eating goldfish that you win at the county fair, right? You're sitting there slurping down some goldfish, you know what I'm saying? Watching this video, thinking about abandoning your hopes. You're the scientist. You you figure out what you want to do. Run an experiment. Hey, let me see. Okay, for the next two days, I really work on abandoning my hopes. When I feel hope is coming up, I say, you know what? I'm going to let that hope go and, you know, just see how I feel, right? Try it out. See how you feel because I feel better. And actually, I'll tell this story real quick to, to end this this episode. So there is going to be a part four, so get ready. Um, so last night, um, you know, I don't, I don't fuck with dating apps too much. I kind of hop in, hop out, you know, because I notice about myself with certain things that certain things bring out addicted, obsessive behavior. And it's not even necessarily like, you know, I get obsessed with people on there, or addicted to people on there, but it's just the whole experience, I know like something takes over, it's just like, I just have to keep swiping, I gotta keep, oh, oh, like all that sort of stuff, right? So I, I use them very limited, limitedly, right? And so recently, I've been back on a few, right? And so yesterday, um, you know, I'm traveling, right? So I put some feelers out there that, like, hey, hey, people in the city I'm traveling to, I'm gonna be here. Maybe you wanna meet up. Maybe you wanna have a go, get a drink. Maybe go, go get a meal, right? Put those things out there, right? Heard some responses. Started talking to people, right? And so this was like, you know, most of my day yesterday, right? And then, you know, get to the evening, right? Do a video, right? Then, like, oh, let me put some, some more things out there, right? This is where it starts to, you know, I'm like, oh. Like, later I was like, oh, wow, okay, I see what happens. Then something happens. And it turned into me, where it, this is like, I know myself enough where it's like, this is why I can't be on these things a lot you know what i'm saying because sometimes it turns to me where it's just like my passion is so like leveled up and inflamed from like you know attractive women and like you're talking to them and like oh ha 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 right and like you know they're they're beautiful and all this sort of things and you're thinking about like oh yeah it'd be cool to go on a date with her and then this and then like oh maybe this will happen wink wink you know all this sort of stuff right it gets built up in your mind what are these folks these are hopes right these are hopes and hadn't i hadn't experienced this in a while this thing that I'm talking about this um kind of passion hope tandem that kind of br- got brought up from these dating apps but yo it led to me being wide awake the whole night because it's like basically my mind was like so like wired thinking about you know this is and then it goes further where it's like oh I just need to say the right thing I need to do the right thing I need to put the right picture there right? all based on hope, 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 right? That like, oh, well, it's like, oh, if I put this picture out here, this will be the picture that like all the women love and like, you know, I'll get all the dates, right? You know, these are the, the hopes that are created, were created in my mind. And it just led me to just be on these things and not even, I was even on them all night, but I was just so wired from, all these hope balloons, all this passion that was raised in me from thinking about these potentialities and these, like, oh, yeah, I hope she gets back to me. Oh, that was funny what I said. I hope she likes that. I hope she thinks it's funny. Hope, 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 hope. Balloon, 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 balloon. A balloon that leads to disappointment and pain, right? Because then if she doesn't get back to me, oh, was it something I said? What did I do wrong? Oh, I'm not this enough. I'm not that enough, right? See all these things unpack and turn into issues. So, as, you know, so I was just wide awake. And, and again, at some point I was just like, okay, I need to put my phone down, right? But naturally I would get like responses so that I would pick it up even though I was like, ah, don't pick it up, go to sleep, man. But it was just like my mind was in such a place with the passion and the hope balloons that it was like very hard for to turn it off and turn it down and to disconnect from it. And I hadn't had this experience in a while and now I could see it a little bit more clearer for what it was and what was actually happening, right, based on kind of just recently dealing with abandoning hope and recognizing my hopes in situations. Like, I hope to have a girlfriend again. Like, I hope to have a, a wife, a partner, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, but I need to pursue those things without the hope attached, right? It's like you still, you know, reach out to people. You still Um, Go on apps or, you know, talk to people in person and things like that. But it's like you have to detach from the hopes connected to these things, right? So I was just, like, wide awake all night. I even, like, did exercise at, like, 3 a.m. I was like, oh, if I stretch and do exercise, that'll tire me out and I'll fall asleep. Nope. Normally that that can work if I'm, like, wired and, like, it's, like, late. I need to go to sleep. I'll just do, like, you know, some, like, hip stretches and usually, like a good good hip stretch. Although I really didn't do too many hip stretches. Cause I was like, nah, I'm gonna just like lift weights. <laughs> like I don't even fuck around with hip stretches. I'm just gonna lift weights to, to calm myself down, um, or you know, relax myself so I could not be so wired and go to sleep. But my mind was was so wired. Like I literally am running on about like an hour or less of sleep. Like I fell asleep at like five forty-five for like thirty-seven minutes. And I woke up and I had to get ready for work. And surprisingly, I've had a great day. I do feel tired, um, but surprisingly, I've actually had a great day. And I've actually interacted with things in my day that I normally wouldn't interact, but like in a, in, in a good way, right? I probably would have been less quiet in certain situations. I probably would have responded to that like that. I probably would have made that joke. So it was just very interesting today, like how... I dealt with the lack of sleep because I was actually pretty okay. You know, it's not something I, I strive for, but, you know, because sometimes I don't get much sleep. I just have a terrible headache and I'm all like, ugh, you know, like, ugh, you know, but um, surprisingly, I did okay. Um, but yeah, I really kind of, was really thinking about, yeah, just these passions and hopes that I was stirring up last night and how they just really just amped up my system so much where I couldn't even turn off my mind. I was so amped up by them because it was like the potential of like, oh, yeah, oh, she's cute. Oh, she's into this. Oh, oh, I could definitely beat her and Scrabble <laughs> or whatever it is. But it was, um, it was definitely very eye-opening. It was definitely very eye-opening. And, you know, there's certain hopes that are stronger in all of us right like some people like i hope to own a 10 million dollar business not me i i will take a independent business that makes me a hundred thousand dollars that's all my own all independent and that is fine because if i can't get if i can 't do what I need to do in life, making a hundred thousand dollars independently, then I'm doing way too much i'm living somewhere too pricey i'm just that that's insane that I should be fine, right and I don't need any more than that. but I say that now, and then a year later I'm like, well, two hundred thousand so um so yeah, so I was just really kind of it was interesting because in because the, these things have happened before or in other ways, but I didn't have the perspective. I didn't have the perception and awareness of what was happening. I didn't like what was happening before, but I understand kind of from this angle now, in terms of my hope, what actually was happening. So anyways, I'm going to call it take care. Part four, because yeah, there's some other shit I need to get to um, that I did not get get to, and also I gotta finish reading <laughs> what Chilgim said. So look out for part four, and eventually I'm gonna put them all together in one video. So, peace. Abandon all your hopes, and remember, abandon all your hopes, abandon all your desires and for success, and just 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 be doing shit. Uh, that uh, that's a secret I've learned. It's Just like just doing shit and figure out how how you can get yourself to do the shit you want to do, right? But it's like don't do it out of fear, don't do it out of hope. It's just like oh painting, and then you go paint. Oh uh, going for a walk, and then you go for a walk, right? It's like does that to be like oh I hope I go for a walk today. Oh I'm afraid if I don't go for a walk today, like I'll keel over, right? No no no. Just if you, if you have a thought about like going for a walk, just get up and go for a walk. It's as simple as that. Leave the hope at home. Leave the fear in the garbage can. Leave the fear in the windowsill getting sunned on. And, yeah, just just do. Just be and do. That's it. Thinking is what turns off our Buddha mind, folks. Thinking. When you're thinking, boo, Buddha mind off. When you're not thinking, oh, Buddha mind back on. So keep that in mind as well. And when you have hopes, when you have fears, what's happening? <gasps> You're thinking? How about that? All right, bye. Deal with it. So we are back with. I don't know. I don't like the Instagram facing me, right? Because I get distracted with chats. People say things. I get distracted. It's not my best way of doing it. So that's why I like just doing it. Seeing myself. No chats. No, I don't need to respond to questions. Send me a message later. If you have a question about what I said. But it's all self-evident. Because first of all, it doesn't even matter what I say. Um, Just go get these books. Go get When Things Fall Apart. Go get Smile at Fear. Go get Training Your Mind and Cultivating Love and Kindness. Go get, what's this one called? The Great Path of Awakening. Go get these books and read them for yourself. Process them for yourself. Don't just take my silly old word for it. What's happening here? Okay. Okay. So, uh, this one is to finally tie up all the loose ends with all this abandoned hope thing. Because there are certain things in the previous, or the last one, I had to cut short because I had to go somewhere. Uh, But there are some things I wanted to get to, and I didn't finish talking about uh, what we were reading from these wonderful books, which were Training the Mind, Cultivating Love and Kindness, Chogyam Trumpa, and Great Path of Awakening, By Jamgon control so hope tell me about it right you abandon it then you don't go figure right um so we're gonna get to a few things and because i still haven't really talked about society and how satiety plays a role in being a hope drug dealer uh towards all of us Uh, i've sort of got into that but I had mentioned kind of the, so some other things about it that I wanted to bring up. So, how did I get a cut on my hands. That's always the funniest thing. I mean, it's not a big cut, but I don't remember scraping my hand on anything. That's always weird where you're like, I'm bleeding? Like, when did this happen? Body? Whatever. Um, so, okay. So, let's, let's just refresh and read the Lojong slogans and we'll go from there. Right, I'm not gonna reiterate anything. Not that I remember exactly what I said in the previous videos, but um, you know, we're just gonna go through them. These are short slogans, so you know, we need to not spend all day on them. But we can just go through them, and then I can get to my other points. We can cap this whole thing off, and I never have to do another video ever about abandoning hope. That's done. It's buried. We went there. We got the T-shirt. We framed it in our man cave or woman cave. And we have a certificate of authenticity. So we don't need to talk about abandoning hope. If you saw these videos and you still don't understand about abandoning hope, I've abandoned all my hope that you can understand abandoning hope. That's how I feel. Okay? Um, Because, again, read these books. Get When Things Fall Apart. Get these books I'm mentioning. Read it for yourself. Because you will not even probably. I was going to say probably. You will understand it better than me giving my insight on them. Right? I'm just trying to spark something in you to go research these things but it's not up to me to convince you to uh you had to be the one who leads to your own insights right I'm just like I'm a sign along the way on the highway like oh turn left here there's a Jimmy Dean's Jimmy Dean's I don't think they have stores but um you know it's like oh insights oh try going left ahead four miles that's my role Okay, but you can't take my word for it. You got to read the books. You got to read and then do your own experiments, do your own reflections, gain your own insights based on anything you consume, really. But in this case, this particular information. Okay, so now that that's out of the way, let's continue. All right, so Great Path Awakening was like the original. texts for Loong slogans like in the 1800s not the original one but one of the groundbreaking ones to so use lack of a better term um so i'm going to start with this though and then we'll we'll read i think i started reading the Cheolgum one and then i, I didn't finish cuz i I ran out of time so uh but i'm just going to read them again they're very they're very short and um this one builds on top of what Cheolgum says and so how these slogans work um is there's the slogan, right, which is in this case, give up all hope for results. But then there's the commentary that the teacher gives about this slogan, right? So the slogan is give up all hope for results. And here is the commentary from Jong Control. Jam gone? Jam gone? Jam, I say jam gone. It sounds so so American, so English. Jam gone. Hey Jam Gone! It's by Zhang Gong. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how it's pronounced. I should look into that, you know, or not. Okay. Anyways, give up on the hope of subduing gods and demons by meditating on mind training or the hope that you will be considered a good person when you try to help someone who has hurt you. These are hypocritical attitudes. In a word, give up all hope for any results that concerns your own welfare, such as desire for fame, respect, happiness, and comfort in this life. The happiness experienced in the human god realms in future lives, or the attainment of nirvana for yourself. Mm, yeah, just, you know, give all that up, folks. Give it up. Give it up. Okay, so that was old J.K., old Jamie gone. Now, let's read. Is this now? I'm on the wrong page. Um, this is what Chogyam says, and he he labels this this same slogan number 28. Abandon any hope of fruition. So slightly different wording. Okay, so this slogan means that you should give up any possibilities of becoming the greatest person in the world by means of your training. In particular, you may quite impatiently expect that because of Lozhang practice, you will become a better person. You may be hoping that you will be invited to more little clubs and gatherings by your protégés or friends who are impressed with you. The point is that you have to give up any such possibility, otherwise you could become an egomaniac. In other words, it is too early for you to collect disciples. Working with the slogans does not mean looking for temporary revelation or trying to achieve something by doing little smart things that have managed to quell people's problems in the past. You may have become a great speaker by giving one talk or a great psychologist who has managed to conquer other people's neurosis or a great literary figure who has written several books or a famous musician who has produced several albums. Such things are somewhat based on reality, on, oh, excuse me. Such things are somewhat based on relating with reality properly, being connected with reality. But you want to subjugate the world in your own particular style. However subtle and sneaking that may be. By doing the same kind of trick, you hope to attain enlightenment. You have, turned into a prof- you have tur- tuned into a professional approach and become a professional achiever. So there is the possibility that you might approach practice in the same way. Thinking that you can actually con the Buddha mind within yourself and sneakily attain enlightenment. That seems to be the problem referred to in this particular slogan. It says in the commentary that any pursuit of life's happiness, joy, fame, or wisdom, or the hope of attaining some state of glorious liberation in the the life hereafter could be regarded as a problem. Hmm. So... This is the issue we're in. And I used last time the example of, you know, if there's an old woman crossing the street and, you know, you go to help her. But then another scenario, that same thing, you go to help her. But there's some woman, you, you, you know, from work or whatever, um, who you want to impress. So that's why you do it. Um, you know, this is the issue with our ego mind is that just if we're not aware our particular style of being sneaky, as Shogun puts it, we will find all sorts of ways to turn around the most noble, beneficial, compassionate, empathetic, kind action, at least on the exterior, to serve our own ego. So, related to that is, well, you know, well, related to that is, well, if I do these good deeds, I'll make it to Nirvana. Ah, Nirvana. I was—I sh- couldn't think of a Nirvana lyric. The—the uh, the timing's lost, but yeah, I was gonna bu- bust into a Nirvana song. Um. So, yeah, the hope kind of. Oh man, it—it it just. I, I. We're in a in a. Society in a world, in a matrix situation that is just always pumping us with hope, right? Um, if you are doing an entrance exam for an electrician's program, to use an example, you're interested in being an electrician, right? That's why you're doing the entrance exam. If you want to pass the thing and get in. All right? So there's going to be a hope attached to that. It's kind of comes about naturally. The issue is that the hope it's not real. None of this is real, but it's also real at the same time. Try that on for size. Um, none of this is this is real. So when we're in the past and the future, thinking about, oh, in fifth grade, when I fell down in the sandbox and everyone laughed at me, ah, I was such a jack face, right? Ghosts. Doesn't exist. Didn't exist when it happened. Definitely doesn't exist now. Future. Oh, yeah, like I hope to go on a 10-day all-inclusive vacation to Thailand. That's my plan for my birthday. Because I found a site, Uplift. Where you could pay monthly because it's like this shit's like $2,700. And, you know, I was got that laying around for vacations. So paying monthly, and, you know, if I go on my birthday in August, that's mad months to pay. So that, that's what I'm planning to do. Um, that's what I'm hoping to do, right? If for some reason that doesn't happen, I'll be disappointed because, like, now my mind is sort of set on. Oh, I could do this. Oh, I've just had to pay this this much. I have mean, the vacation days, right? All the things are there for me to do it, right? And also the hope is there. So we kind of create these problems ourselves. It just kind of, uh, you know, I mean, we're, we're taught to have hope. I hope the tooth fairy comes. Did Santa come? I hope Santa brings me the fucking blah, 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 blah. Right? We're instilled. It's to this behavior of hoping and wishing and dreaming, right? And tying our whole mind and emotional bodies to, to this, this future outcome. Oh, that, that's going to happen. Or that will happen. I hope that happens. And uh, if it doesn't happen, how do you feel? How do you feel? How do you really feel when that shit doesn't happen? Probably feel like shit. Probably feel like, well, I mean, you could go. See, think about the aftermath when hope is shattered, right? And you're in a, in a disappointing phase. Right. You could go many different ways. Well, I guess I wasn't, you know, I guess Sam didn't didn't want to give me uh, the blah, blah, blah action figure. I'm oh, a piece of shit, I guess. You know, I guess that's why I didn't get that. Hmm. Uh, or it's like, oh, well, no one will ever love me. Oh, well, I'll never get a great job. Right. Start this insecurity cycle. Start the shame cycle. Start this. I knew it's I don't get good things cycle. Whatever your cycle is, um back and start up again right off of this disappointment after the fear is shattered the good thing about disappointment though folks the good thing about i got good news i got good news disappointment is reality okay disappointment is actual reality i once heard it put like this disappointment is the thorny truthy bed of reality it's what it is, right? It's not like, oh, well, we hope to do this and in the fourth quarter. We plan to to have our profits at a million dollars, right? Then get to the fourth quarter. What were their profits? $100,000. Hmm. Hope, right? But that's the actual reality. So as much as the CEO and all those motherfuckers would be disappointed that they did not hit their fourth quarter target profits, you know, at least they're in the reality zone. At least they're in the truth zone. They know where they're at. You know, it would be worse if like, you know, they someone fudges the numbers and it's like, oh, we did get the thing. Obviously, that creates a whole other fraud issue. But it's better that they know that they only made $100,000 and that's like, well, what happens? Why don't we get to a million? Was it our overhead? Was it this? Was it that? You know, they can deal with the reality a lot better than if they were living in the delusional hope of this million dollar profit or this uh, love affair, or this relationship, or this job that we want, or, you know, whatever the case may be, the, the benefit of when our hope is shattered, when that hope balloon pops, and when you come crashing down to earth, is we come back to what is actually happening. We come back to the present moment. So as much as it can be very painful, very sad, very obviously disappointing, and all bunch of other feelings, depending on who you are, and how you, you know, show up in terms of relating to the world, at least is the truth, right? We don't operate in truth too often. People think they do. People really think they do. That's why it's funny. People really think they, they live their life truthfully, but they really don't, right? Or if they, or, not, I'm not saying people don't, like, 100% live their life a lie, They'll mix in some some lies with some truth, right? That's what the best um, con artists do, politicians, is they don't tell a complete lie. You mix in some truth, then you sprinkle in some lie, then you sprinkle a little bit more truth, then then some deception. Oh, then a little, you know, another dash of truth, right? So that if someone hears it, it's like they can't be like that's all bullshit, right? Because there's truth in there kind of creates a cognitive dissonance in people's minds, and that's why it's effective, right? Because you don't want anything people can outright reject, but you want them to accept it. So you put some little truth in there. You sprinkle a little lie. Hey, you have a nice uh, truth lie casserole. You know, you put 350 in the oven. Oh, beautiful. Love it. So, um, yeah, it's just uh, – but the thing I would say about people is that – Honestly, people haven't done deep enough work on themselves to even know when they're lying to themselves, to even know when they're being truthful about themselves. That's the issue, right? Because I understand, I'm compassionate, but I'm just calling what it is. Y'all are too distracted out there, too fucking distracted, right? This is bigger than Netflix and Instagram. You're distracted in your own mind. Your mind just runs you. Your mind just... Hey, 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 you, this is what we're doing today. It's like, okay, mind. Alright, okay, ego mind. Alright, this is what we're doing today. Alright, alright, I'll do that. And listen, I'm I still deal with that too, but I'm aware of when it comes about. And a lot of people aren't aware when they're going from Buddha mind to ego mind. I'm pretty clear when I'm when I'm doing one or the other. When I'm in ego mind mode and I'm just Seeking pleasure for myself, and I'm just seeking comfort for myself, and you know, any any sort of thing. I know, I know when it usually comes about. I know kind of the form it kind of takes. I know kind of like what it smells like. I I got a good sense for myself when I'm when I'm in ego mind's mode, right? But again, there there's never been a mainstream. Not that that's always the the standard, or shouldn't be. There's not a mainstream push for people just ironing their own minds. It's just a whole bunch of wrinkled clothes in there that have never been ironed. Maybe once they were ironed, on a Tuesday in 1993. That was the one ironing. And now it's just crumpled clothes in your mind, on the floor, in the closet, on your bed, on your chairs, and just all piling up. And you think it's gonna get better? No. Because your mind's like laundry. It's not they're not gonna stay clean and ironed and pressed and, and on hangers all the time. You gotta routinely get in there and like, okay, I gotta do laundry later. It's like, all right. Laund- like laundry is the most important thing that I would say most people don't like to do. I mean I love clean clothes. So it's like the outcome I'm all for, but the process, ah, no, 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 no. Um, And it's like the same thing with dealing with your mind. Shit's going to get dirty. Shit's going to get wrinkled. And you have to have something you do. (coughs) Meditation. (coughs) Meditation. (coughs) Meditation. Did I say meditation? Yeah, meditation. Um, That you do. (coughs) Meditation. That can help deal with these wrinkles, can help deal with the dirt and the filth that is in your mind that you've tracked in there. Don't even blame other people. You let yourself track in all that dirt and wrinkle all those clothes in your mind. That was you. That was all you. Don't blame other people. Nope, nope, nope. That was you. Okay? That was you. So, you got to have something to deal with that. And... You know, this is why whenever, um, I'm just curious what people do like with their minds. I just, I, I, I'm really curious. Like the greatest thing that could have ever happened to my life was to get into Buddhism because that shit is all about the signs of your mind and just getting get it in there. Like it's a, a basement that needs to be organized and cleaned and things need to be donated. It's like, yo, what's going on down here? Get the flashlights, get the get the gloves. We're going in. Put on a mask if you need to. Um Yeah, it's um just yeah, you gotta do that deep work on yourself. Shadow work is it called. What's which that sort of stuff is 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 permeating the mainstream now. It's it's very popular, obviously. Doing things like ayahuasca and you know, related deep psychedelics, plant teachers are popular now right but that's a one-off thing you gotta clean your clothes and iron them in your minds like daily not that you actually have to do it daily but to recognize what's going on in there and it doesn't mean every day you wash your clothes right like you don't wash your clothes every day but you're aware of like okay i probably should do laundry pretty soon kind of different meditation meditation is a daily thing as far as i'm concerned but just bear with me with this metaphor analogy what the fuck okay so you got you got to understand when it's like yeah your your laundry's piling up um and how you deal with that in your life so i feel just that in this sort of realm that just creates a difficulty because you know people have been trained how to work with their minds like who growing up I'll wait, were sat down by their parents, a teacher, and this was the conversation. Hey Susie. Hey Jerome. Here's how you work with your minds. You know your minds? Let's talk about consciousness for a second. So consciousness, many philosophers, no, that's not <laughs> let's you're raised as a monk in a mystery school, or you just had some parents that or people around you that were on that tip, and they knew it would be positive to instill that in in this child that's before them, right, but most people weren't around monks, didn't have parents who were you know deep into meditation x, y z, so it's not a common thing, at least in the West, you know, where people kind of receive mind training tutelage It's a shame, but hey. This is Malkuth, people. This is Malkuth. And that means people like me got to step up to share this message, you know? And I'm happy to do it. And, you know, part of the Bodhisattva path. You know what I'm saying? I'm just trying trying to share shit that's worked for me, shit that can help you. And, you know, we'll leave it at that. And then you go off and research these books, read about these books, Sit, meditate, reflect on these things said in the video, reflect on the the things said in these books, and make up your own damn mind, okay? So, um, oh, so getting to the society point of this, so, you know, I've I've been teasing this, I mean, I've mentioned it, or talked more about it, but I've been teasing this about society and being a hope drug dealer, Okay? And there's one part of that I didn't necessarily mention yet that I'm going to talk about right now. So, like, I was mentioning about Obama and his whole thing was hope and that sort of thing. And I asked people, like, how was your – like, be honest. How Since that whole campaign, since the whole hope thing when Obama came to the office, how has your life drastically improved? Because of that. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you – yourself like you know lost 50 pounds because you know you started walking every day well that you did that right but i'm talking about from the government from that campaign from all the hope from all the good feelings that were spread during that time how has your life improved because of that it's a rhetorical question because i'm not looking at any responses right now um or comments or anything like that but really think about that because i guarantee it hasn't really changed and here here's here's the point because Here's where it gets tricky, right? You can't keep feeding someone the same shitty meal. They'll reject it at some point. So, if you feed them a shitty meal for this long, then you shift over and it's like, oh, now with croutons. It's like, oh, what, they got croutons now? But the same shitty meal. Or it's like a different shitty meal, right? But it's, oh, it's like, oh, it was a shitty hamburgers. Oh, it's now shitty penne pasta. Oh, wow, oh, and there's garlic bread too, right? And this is the trick that the Malkuth society matrix does. It's always shifting the bullshit. So you can't just like the mixing the truth with the lie kind of psychological fuckery. You shift over the fuckery, right? So maybe 10 years ago this is the fuckery, right? And black people are like outrages. Oh, we're down fuckery, down fuckery, right? Then it's like, you know, after a while pops is like, "Okay, okay, okay. We'll take care of the fuckery," right? And they take care of the fuckery. People are like, oh, my God. Great. The fuckery is taken care of. What happens? Oh, there's new fuckery, right? And this cycle will keep going until it doesn't go like that anymore, folks. Okay? This is the scam, right? So you can't be like, oh, things haven't changed, right? Oh, this got better. But overall, there's still fuckery, right? Until I'm seeing a. a Garden of Eden, in there, I'm just gonna assume that Malkuth is going to do what Malkuth does, which is all be all about the five senses, all about physical pleasure, all about comfort, all about um you know other things people do in Malkuth, um, lower self emotions, um, hope, fear. Um, you know, I mean, those are kind of like the basics of Malkuth. Malkuth 101. So, you know, until further notice, I'm going to see Malkuth for what it is. I'm not going to sugarcoat my perception of Malkuth. I understand what it is. I'm looking at it. Now, my reality, my awareness is expanded beyond Malkuth, Right? So, even if I'm seeing Malkuth as like, it's this, right? Or it's kind of like, these are the constraints of Malkuth. This is how Malkuth operates. This is their favorite poem, right? It doesn't mean my consciousness needs to be aligned with what Malkuth is. For example, I know what a cockier spaniel is, but I don't want that as my dog. I want a husky, even though they're insane. <laughs> <laughs> They're insane brat dogs. Insane. But something about them speaks to my heart. And I don't understand it. Um You know, I know what a cocker spaniel is, but that's not the dog I want to align with myself for my dog ownershipness, you know? Um so you know, I can it's like, you know, the the phrase being in something but not of something. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is what you need to do while you're in this earthly existence. Be in it, but not of it. A lot of y'all niggas is of it highly. Highly, highly, highly of it. And I get it. I wasn't always like this. I was I was way more of it. You know? Um, Just like I was saying, like, oh, what parents sat you down and You know talk to you about meditation and using your mind what you know I kind of look at me doing videos and podcasts as spiritual food you know and for many people many many people they haven't even been offered a decent decent spiritual meal or spiritual dish or spiritual appetizer not even a meal just can we get a, a, a nutritious spiritual app for people's spirits and people's minds and hearts god damn you know, there's not many offerings. Now, in the advent of technology and social media, more of those spiritual meals are getting out there. But, but, again, a lot of it can be still tinged with ego, can be tinged with me, 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 me. Look at me. Look at this, right? And I, I guarantee you that is not what I'm doing. I, I don't want to do videos right? I'm not like, hey, everybody, check out my makeup tutorial, right? Like, I don't necessarily want to do videos, right? That's how I know it's, like, it's a pure endeavor for me, because I don't want to be sitting here. I mean, I do. I do want to be sitting here, right? Because I want to get this knowledge out. But frankly, I'd rather have a conversation or or in, like, in person with this than do a video, is, is the point I'm making. But, you know, how often... You know, I mean, at some point, I'd love to be on tour talking about this. Like, yeah, yeah, Abandon All Hope. Yeah, we're out here. Abandon All Hope. You say, abandon, you know, that'd be great. You know, call and response with Abandon All Hope on tour at the Civic Center. At <laughs> the Civic Center. They, they rebuild the Civic Center just for this tour. <laughs> uh, yeah, that'd be great. But in the interim, until then, I'm not, what am I going to wait? So like, oh, yeah, I'll get to talking about Abandoning All Hope. And they rebuild the civic center? No, I gotta do it now. And so, as much as I'm a technology head and I like all this shit and having the shit on the screen and scrolling and all that sort of fun stuff, I, I, I don't wanna be doing videos. It'd be great if people already knew some of this shit, but that's not the case. And I know some of this shit, so I feel it's my duty to share. There's something about uh, surrendering to your duty. And for, for many years, in terms of doing videos like this, I didn't want to surrender to my duty. I would, like, lightly surrender to my duty, like, once, once every other month. Like, oh, yeah, I surrendered to my duty, like, last month. Well, I'm good for another two months. That was just laziness. You know, now I recognize I need to be surrendering to my duty, which is putting spiritual meals out there or offering, offering spiritual meals to the world. And if you come through and you want to consume and nosh on it, Fantastic. If not, fantastic. I'll still be here. So, I don't know where I was going with all that spiritual meals. Um, I guess I was just saying that um, people haven't been offered nutritious spiritual food that actually isn't reinforcing their ego. One, isn't reinforcing their ego. Two, it's for the purpose of expanding their consciousness and their minds and their heart. And three... It doesn't... (laughs) It doesn't placate their ego, which is very important. Like, I'm not going to be like, Hey, beloveds. Hey, goddesses. Hey, gods. Like, no. Fuck all that shit. Because they're just words. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter. That's why, ladies, gentlemen... but Ladies. Just... Honestly, I'm not saying completely disregard what men say, but really take it with a grain of salt until you really get to know them. Because dudes will say anything. And words are already hollow, but if a dude is trying to sleep with you, they're, like, lots of times, like, extra, extra hollow. You know what I'm saying? So this is just a general rule for people. You know, it's like the idea, actions speak louder than words. You can say words are silent, right? They're si- it's like what I was saying about hope. Hope is sexy but toxic. Words are silent but deadly, because words can never truly really describe the kind of otherworldliness of our experience they can kind of get us eh, in the vicinity in the neighborhood maybe in the in the county in the states you know depending on on the words and who's saying them but to say like if you have a really profound experience usually the marking of it being a profound experience is experience is if you can explain it to someone or if you can describe it to someone that's how I always know when I'll be like yeah this happened and I'm like I can't really explain it because you know it's just an internal experience and honestly lots of times it's not meant to be explained it's just for you to interpret for you to um, understand gain insight from it's not for other people there's nothing that says like if you have a profound experience you got to share it with people no because you could say that waters it down you trying to bumble around and say the words about like, oh, th- th- this, uh no, just just savor your profound experience and you know go from there. You know, you don't need to share these things with people. So, yeah, so just the spiritual food is not always out there. And sometimes when it is, it's like, oh, that, that dish looks healthy, but it's filled with MSG. So you gotta be really careful what you consume, especially in the in the spiritual Sort of like love and light new agey thing. Because I, I got news for you folks. I got news for you. That's a lot of ego too. Okay. And I know. I, I was there once. Oh love and light. It's not balanced folks. It's not balanced. You know what I'm saying? And what actually. What are we getting out of that? To be nicer to people. To be kind to people. Okay. should know that anyway. You should, Don't need a whole movement to figure that out. Um. But, you know, spiritual bypassers can occasionally happen with new agers and people in the new age movement. Because it's like, are you going into the basement and, and just getting in there? Getting cobwebs in your hair. Getting dirt all over your shirt. Dealing with your mind. Because if you're not doing that, you're not doing fucking enough. Okay? Because I don't know who you are, right, watching this video. At what point in time, but I know you got shit in your basement because we all do. We all got shit down there from childhood, from teenagehood, from adulthood, and counting, okay? And all the shit from childhood just start there. We're not even talking about adulthood, right, and issues that could get buried in the basement there. Childhood, right? And you could have had a good childhood, you know? It doesn't mean it's like... Not everybody was abused and, and and you know, traumatized, you know, severely when they were children. But we all had disappointments when we were, when we were a child. We all had sadness and pain when we were a child for various reasons. Um, and we need to deal with that because that's not going to go away in our, our, you know, it's like that that book. I still got to read. Uh, the body always keeps score or never forgets the score or something like that. Because, yeah, until you deal with that, body's still got a tally and all those traumas. It's just adding to the tally. Oh, we got another one today, Frank. Oh, add it to the trauma tally in the body. You got to deal with that. You got to get in the basement, folks. You got to go down there. I know it's scary. But you know what's scarier? Not dealing with it and doing something wild. And, again, let's go back to the T-Witch. The, the is it T-Witch or is it Twitch? I actually don't know. Just learned about the brother off of what happened recently. And I'm speculating, so I don't have any inside information. Um, but I was kind of thinking about like this: maybe you know, when he was growing up, I may have said this in a previous video. Maybe he was growing up, um, had some darkness, had some demons for whatever reason, right? Um, you know, they bothered him, they caused him sadness, pain, all these sorts of things. Got older, got into dancing, loved dancing. Felt called to do it, kept doing it, getting more successful. People tell him, like, oh that's great, keep keep doing that, right? Keeps going, Comes successful, well known. Ellen show, all a thing, married, beautiful family, etc. etc The darkness didn't go anywhere. The pain didn't go anywhere. The shadow didn't go anywhere. It's still there. It's still buried. And in reading more about this story, apparently his, his wife went to the police station like Sunday morning um, of the day he died and said like, hey, I mean, she was frantic. She wasn't like, hey, what's up? You know, um, like he just left like without his car and he wasn't being himself. And that's what stood out to me. Like he wasn't acting like himself. Right. And. What is acting like yourself? You know, and this is the thing where it's like you got to study your own mind. So you can always understand how if you're not acting like yourself, how that can come about, why it comes about, when it comes about, what triggers it, what brings it out of you, right? Like if there's certain things that get you angry, you need to know that about yourself and really dive into, well, why does blue pants really make you mad? I don't mean like blue jeans. I mean like blue slacks. First of all, who has blue slacks? Weirdos. Um, but, yeah, understanding, like, why why do blue slacks make me so angry and foaming at the mouth? You got to understand these things. That's why you got to get in the basement. Any extreme reaction you have, even if it's not external, your extreme reaction. I was just flicking everybody off. <laughs> is that fuck you in, like, sign language, right? Even if, yeah, you know not have any external reaction. Because like, lots of times, I don't have extreme external reactions, but internally, I do. And I'm aware of it, right? Where someone will do something, and I'll be like, oh my fucking God. And I feel like that's lots of people. But a lot of people look at me and think I'm very laid back and like not uptight and anxious. But let me tell y'all, I can get very uptight and anxious in my mind. And I'm aware of it. I'm aware of when it really comes about, right? When I'm like, Why aren't you doing it like this, right? Shit like that, where if I'm in, what's a good example? I I don't know. I can't think of a good example. I don't think anything I can remember happened today related to this. But um, I know this about myself. I generally know the situations that bring it out of me where I get very uptight in my mind. And, you you know, essentially my mind will go from expansive open to, like, limitations, right? It needs to be like this. Bitch, why are you doing it like that? You're an idiot, right? You know, whatever the case may be. Um, I'm aware of when these things come up, right? Sometimes I'm surprised. I'm like, oh, that aggravated me. Didn't see that coming. But generally, I kind of know the situations that that aggravate me and kind of make me really annoyed and frustrated, if not other things. So you got to understand these things. And this seems like it's not related to abandoning hope, but it is still connected because I don't know how it's connected, actually. You just got to get in there, folks. You just got to get in there. You just got to get in there, down in the basement, because it gets less scary the less time you're down there also. You're less surprised by the things that are there. You're less surprised by the things that come up. Maybe they're things you've forgotten, and that happens a lot. All the time now when I meditate, there's just things that pop up that I've completely forgotten about. Some random, some sad, some, you know, Cool, you know, just all nature of things that just kind of come up to the surface um, as you go further, further into the basement of your mind. Um, And, you know, maybe they're there for a reason. Maybe they're there as my ego minds attempting to distract me while I'm in meditation with like, Ooh, let's send him this, this cool, sexy memory when he met this girl in Spain. Oh yeah. (laughs) Ooh, he'll love that. Then he'll get distracted. (laughs) Um, But at the end of the day, just being aware of that they're there, you know, and just kind of taking them for what they are. So I've run out of steam, and um, I think I've gotten to everything I wanted to say. Let me see my list. Oh, okay, there was one last thing I was gonna say about the society shifting thing. Okay, so obviously, black people being killed by police, right? That hasn't shifted, right? And as technology has progressed, only we only know more and more about these, these incidents and shootings versus when you know just kind of like the news on TV and, and that's it in newspapers, you know. But now you know you can see a clip of someone getting shot in the fucking chest, you know, immediately after it happens. So, um, so I use this example and this is my closing thing where the, the shifting the society does with the hope is, for example, if tomorrow they figure it out. Oh, they figure it out. Oh, listen, America. We know why we were killing so many of y'all. We figure it out. All the police stations are on board. We know what to do, right? We fired all these people. We're u them, right? We fucking suck their dicks, right? We're all good now, right? And it legitimately changes. No more shooting of black people. Yay! Fantastic! Great! But then you know what happens? Dragon bees are killing black people. It's like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, dragon bees. Bees that are shaped like dragons. They're small, but they're dragon-shaped. And they're only going after black people. Now, is it better than being killed by a cop? Sure. Do people still want to get killed by a dragon bee? No, because you're still dying. And also, it's more painful than being shot by police. You know? And more humiliating, because you wet your pants when you get killed by a dragon bee. So not only do you die by the hand of a dragon bee... You you have a a a piss stain on your pants when when they come, uh, you know the coroner and all the medical examiner like this guy pissed himself. Oh, what a loser! So, yeah, so dragon bees. So it just shifted to something else. It would just shift to uh, some other fucked up shit. Okay, and this is not me being a pessimist. Just like me saying, uh, I don't know what I was saying before. That was optimistic. But it's just me being realistic about Malkuth, about the Matrix, about society. As much as people want to talk so much shit about society being the Matrix and all that sort of shit, y'all really don't take that to heart. (laughs) Y'all still out here acting like society is like, oh yeah, society, yeah, thumbs up. (laughs) I just always think of uh, Atlanta my, my favorite episode uh which is the one with the barber <laughs> when it when he goes like he's bringing them all around and like he goes it, like he finds his son the barber finds his son like skipping school and um alfred's like by the car while he's talking to him and he's like paper boy uh you know like um like come talk to him or something and like he you just you just see him like uh like give like uh, like cool like two sarcastic thumbs up, it's just always very funny to me. So yeah, it is what it is, folks. It'll always shift and Malcuth. What what it is? You just need to be honest about Malkuth being what it is. And it's a hope drug dealer, right? And we're addicted to hope. And it's a fear drug dealer and traumatizer. And you know we're and probably the you know the trauma leads to the fear addiction, right? That's how trauma generally works it's like you're traumatized you're more likely to do drugs like fear no like hope <laughs> so i bid y'all adieu mon chers and mon cheries. i put something out there earlier <laughs> no i'm not gonna share this i'm not gonna share this <laughs> never mind never mind but it was about mon cherie like apparently i used the the, the phrase they use for, i was talking like, it was, like, on a dating thing. I was, like, obviously talking to women, so I use Mon Cher. And someone was like, you know, just I want to let you know that it should be Mon Cherie. And if you say Mon Cher, it's like that's usually for guys, you know what I'm saying. Just Which I appreciate the comment, but I was like, dude, okay. <laughs> All right. We're out of here. Instagram. I don't know how many of y'all showed up, but sorry for being so hard on you. You know, it's just, I like get so worked up with the cult science and abandoning hope. Whoo! Just, I don't know. I lose it. I just lose it. So, have a wonderful weekend, y'all. And to later, I'm going to put out a full, action-packed quadrility of all four of these videos. So, you can watch them in one sitting. I know you're, like, highly anticipating that. And I can tell. I can tell by, I can see all y'all actually through the computer. And, yeah, I can tell you're like, oh, man, I would watch these videos if they're all put together in one long video. I get it. I get it. So I got you. I got you. I'm going to do that later. But, yeah, keep abandoning hope. But just do shit. That's that's the trick. Like, I've I always seen that in Buddhist texts and that sort of thing. Maybe not I didn't say it as flowery as they do. But just like, oh, yeah, no thinking. You know, just be in your Buddha mind and just act. Right? And many years ago, when I first started reading these things, I'm like, oh, whoa. Oh, man, I hope to understand this like one day. Like, oh, okay. Ooh, that's probably really deep. It's actually not really deep. It's actually really simple. They literally mean that. Stop thinking and just act. Don't be in the past. Don't be in the future. What is in front of you right now? What are you doing right now? Focus on that. Return to the breath of the present moment. Act. Act and respond. Respond when something happens. Don't respond just to something that's going to happen in 10 days? No, respond when it's time to respond. Act when it's time to act and don't overthink. I get it. We're in the matrix. We're in Malkuth. We're in society. There's situations where we need to think, right? If I'm setting up this video, I got to have the camera right way. I don't necessarily need to have camera right, but I'd like to have it the right way. Have a nice background. This is the microphone working. Is this on? Is the lens clean, right? Is the the key for the streaming, right? right. There's certain thinking tasks that I have to do. But, at the same time, I don't need to overthink this whole process. Okay, I just need to do what I need to do, bare minimum thinking, and then go. And this is me going, right? I'm not thinking about what I'm saying. I know the general theme of what I'm saying, but I didn't plan out, okay, and then, I'm, and then for sentence four, I'm gonna say this, no. I'm just going. I'm just going. This this is a topic I I think and reflect about a lot, especially a lot of the past couple of weeks. So I don't need to script this out. I could just just talk, and it will flow out. And anything that will come up, I'll say, and we'll go from there. So, yeah. Just get into that basement of your mind, folks. Get into that heart, too. Don't ever forget it. And just abandon your hope also while you're down there. Okay. Bye. Toodles.